Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to What Are You Doing Movie. Go ahead and pop in your DVD or Blu-ray of Saving Private Ryan. Press play and press pause in like four years when the DreamWorks logo fades to black. At the first frame you perceive of all black, press pause. In a second, I'll say three, two, one, unpause. At which point, I'll press play. You'll press play and we'll watch the movie together in perfect sync. It'll be like any other commentary. Except, of course, with four friends in your head. Parentheses.com in parentheses. Your friends this week are myself, as always, T. Christie. My friend Brian William Fenifter. Greetings. Michael Dark Benstott. Hello. And Trey the Amazing Stokes. What? Saving Private Ryan is what a really odd sort of movie because it has this overwhelming amount of like prestige like it feels really important it is really important it's really like tremendously well made and it's great and it also has this thing that we've always talked about on the show where there's a weird sort of writerly structural oddness going on with the fact that spoiler the guy that's telling the story wasn't there which is kind of a weird thing it's it's saving private ryan it's it's Almost unassailable, and yet a sailing will happen. <laughs> Brian, takes me away. You're all Mr. Cool War movies and Tom Hanks. This has got to be like candy. I I love both indeed. Um, yeah, as as we've talked about before, I, I love this movie both in I think it's a masterpiece in terms of technique and craft of filmmaking. Obviously, as Spielberg is, and it was really only Spielberg can do. Uh, but it had never occurred to me the serious structural problems or stru- uh, f- thematic flaws with this movie until I read William Goldman's uh, little essay about how horrible the, the story of this movie is. It <laughs> should just be titled, William, William Goldman Ruins Private Ryan for You. It, that really is the, the total existence of that essay, but he's, he's absolutely right, and we'll get into all of that. Saving Private Ryan is a, you know, kind of a romanticized version of war, fought for noble reasons, and that all being said, the craft work and the technique of the filmmaking involved is absolutely top-notch, second to none. Unassailable. Unassailable. <laughs> Let's assail it. Let's assail it. Darkman, how about you, Saving Private Ryan? You really think Saving Private Ryan is romanticized? Like, there's the whole Omaha Beach sequence with people getting the shit blown out of them and stuff. But I, ultimately I don't know at about the end. Romantically. It yeah, it is. It, well, that's well, you know, yeah, we can get into that. It's it's Goldman's, Goldman's you know, critique is that it's trying to have it both ways. It's trying to say, war is insane, and look, and we can justify showing all these hideous images to you, and yet, in the end, falls back on some pretty tired old tropes to say, but it was all worth it in the Ed, oh, okay. Because yeah. the good guys won. Yeah. Ah. And if that's not romantic, sir, get out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful movie. Um. Yeah. So I think it's a a you know wonderfully made movie, and I mean it. It's long, so I have I can't say I revisit it that often. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's incredibly well made, but it's not the kind of movie that I feel the need to watch a lot unless I'm trying to review the craft of it. It's not right. something that I'm going to put in and just be like, you know what, I'm going to sit down with a <laughs> bottle be, of sherry and yeah, yeah. Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> yeah. I'd, be, I'd be worried about someone who often feels like watching Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> yeah. um, you know what I'm in the mood for tonight? Private Ryan. Watching Private, yeah. Private Ryan. I want to go get a puppy and some daggers yeah. and just sit down with a nice bowl of cereal and Saving Private yeah. Ryan. And maybe a blowtorch. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think I'll uh, probably let you guys take the lead on this one, but it is an incredibly <laughs> well-made movie and, uh, you know, did did it's a it's a movie that after it everyone went oh that's just how you make right. a movie just, now it just, like yeah. <laughs> that's it's, just it's, what it you set do the now. new rubric for it yeah it did yeah um and completely kind of changes the course of it's like oh a war scene then you just make it like that like there's <laughs> yeah. no other even way when to there's make no it. reason to yeah <laughs> just need your high shutter speed and your sort of bleach bypass look and just every time please yeah, yeah. even every if you even if it's gladiator and you're doing <laughs> an attack by the Germans <laughs> <laughs> a thousand years ago for some reason it's still shot on. Springwell, Bell and Howell cameras. <laughs> yeah. Now that I think about it, it's been a while since we've done a Spielberg movie. I think the last one was Close Encounters, wasn't it? 
Anyway, Trey, how about you? Saving Private Ryan. It's when did this movie come out? Ninety-eight, I think. Yeah. Six or seven, I think. Really, that long ago? Yeah, it's it's. It, there is no question that it's really amazingly well made, and that you know Spielberg can put together a scene quite quite well. Um, the the and I was perfectly okay with the movie until William Goldman ruined it for me. Uh, <laughs> Bill, <laughs> Bill. Uh, that was when I discovered William Goldman was. Uh, I I I don't think I'd read Adventures in the Screen Trade, which he, of course came out in the, like the eighties that, that book. But but he used to write what what I discovered was, um, and I, I knew who he was, but um, he wrote regular articles for Premier Magazine. And every year when the Academy Award nominees would come out, he would write an essay about all five nominees and, and how what much he, he hated of. them. Well, about well, he didn't always he didn't necessarily love or hate them. He would just say what he said about what he thought about them. Um, and it was in that essay in Premier Magazine, which is where he said Saving Private Ryan is bullshit, y'all. And let me tell you why. And uh, and so that was it's originally was an article in Premier Magazine, and then those were all collated. All a lot of those other essays of his were collated into uh, a, a, just a book and printed called The Big Picture. Which uh, so so all those essays are in there. And that was where he that was where he pointed out that Titanic is awesome huh. and. Private Ryan is not that great and and made his case for both. And uh, so, yeah, so, you know, although I'm not quite as incensed about Private Ryan as he was, because he was really worked up uh, about how about this you know, central uh, mistake in Private Ryan. Um, I, I totally see his point, And I think he was right. And, uh, you know, I do. You know, and, and I understand why Private Ryan doesn't quite have like, you know, this could have it could have been for me anyway, you know, like one of the ultimate, like that's a, that's just one of the greatest movies ever made. Right. Um, but I think, and I think the point is not so much the plot okie doke that, uh, that, that uh, they try to get away with, but the, but we, we mentioned just a little while ago that thematically it tries to go both ways. It tries to say war is crazy and hell and pointless and insane. And it's just a matter of keeping your humanity as you, as best you can. But, but no, I mean, but, but everything, right. Right. but everything does, you know, echo and come together and there is actual perfect symmetry to everything that actually but happens. But here are these warm, fuzzy feelings. <laughs> and at the barbecue. end, it's all worth it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it would have been, it would have been. Spielberg just can't help himself. With it would have been a stronger movie, although probably would have made half as much as the box office. So, you know, what do I know if the movie had committed to what it seems to be saying for the first half, which is this mission is bullshit and Ryan isn't even worth saving y'all. Yeah. Uh, you know, they asked, they asked the very important question. Why is this guy worth five of us? And the honest answer is he wasn't right. But boy, doesn't life suck sometimes. Uh, but the movie tries to tell us that actually, for some reason, he was worth it, and that's and that's just kind of kind of bullshit. That actually gives me an idea, but I want to get the movie started. So you're at the point where the DreamWorks logo finally faded to black. Like I am here. Put your finger on the button. Three, two. One on pause. You know who they should have cast to drive home that thematic point instead of Matt Damon? Steve Buscemi. Yeah, like somebody Imagine really, you truck really all unpleasant. the way across Europe to save this guy. You already think the mission is bullshit. Clint Howard. And you get there. Yeah. Or Clint Howard. It's just and it's it's Steve Buscemi or Clint Howard. <laughs> How guys are you are you here to take me? You're like, motherfucker, yeah. this guy? <laughs> Hooray. Yeah. Hey, it's, thanks, it, guys. So it, it is you show up and it's this handsome, strapping young man, and you're kinda like, Well, I can't hate this guy. Yeah. You know? Goal, uh, so he's first an, thing he's an apple pie on, on two legs. <laughs> just to get to it is uh, William Goldman first in his classic rant, and I recommend you find it and read it if you if you can, if you can, uh, where he talks about how everyone talks about the opening scene of Saving Private Ryan and how fantastic it is. He goes, I think we're talking about two different scenes because the opening scene of Saving Private Ryan 
is the old man on the beach with the big titted girls, <laughs> which is not a very scintillating opening scene at all. Hey man, that's what I'm into it. <laughs> so yeah, it'll hold your attention if you're a certain kind of person. Oh yeah, cocoon. But, uh, but he's, you know, he says, you know, he says, all right, that's the opening scene. Just to be clear, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just that's all I'm saying, y'all. Is this is the opening scene that happens, of Saving Private Ryan? Oh my god, that happens. To I'm me. trying to I'm trying to pull it up, and I'm just seeing quotes right now. Apparently, yeah. apparently. He is. He called it "quote a detestable piece of shit." Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's no. how strong. Jesus, we... Bill. Yeah. No, he was really, he was yeah. really pissed I, off. I found someone who who put up the essay, and it's it's literally, you know, the title. I guess because he was listing all right. the, all the movies, and so Saving Private Ryan, and then the very first line is the bullshit started early with this baby. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it no, sounds I, like a, it sounds like one of our reviews. I can yeah. I can I can I, I, can, I can quote that to you verbatim because it's 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 great read out loud material i've read that essay out loud to about eight people since it's been printed <laughs> i don't know it's a long movie you might get to it yeah, i'll make, it's, I'll it's make sure i'll make sure and put this link because it, it's the <laughs> yeah, whole yeah. thing it's, it's fantastic it's in, the, it's in the forum if you, click, and if even, you click through the website and even he says you know that that once once the battle starts you know he says the first half of the movie is fantastic i mean it's like everything's fantastic but you know as a writer he talks about how he saw. He's. I see what they're setting up, and this is going to be so great. And then it was so oh, was. Yeah. It so wasn't that, and that pissed him off. That it was like, what was you, you were setting up a different ending than you actually gave us. You know, it's like what what kind of and is there bullshit any, storytelling is this? Is there any disappointment in life greater than having William Goldman think you're nailing your screenplay? <laughs> yeah, and then you and then he comes out and then having the other end slap like you that. in the face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like for the first half, William Goldman loved this. Yeah, and then he. Well, he's been shitting on me in the press for a few weeks. But other than <laughs> that, right. it was great. No, I was just thinking about it. It's funny. It starts right with a Jewish star. Thanks, talking, Spielberg. I talking about how Spielberg like has not honest trouble, but let's be honest. He has trouble with ever like not making it okay at the end in, in any movie. It always has to be kind of warm and, and fluffy and delightful, and it's yeah. beautiful I and can't all that th- stuff. I mean, can anyone name an example where he actually not off the top went of my dark head. at the end and you know there's several famous examples where he does just this you know the, Since, oh, well, like, like Sugarland Express would be like the, is the darkest right. ending of his that I can think of but and that was his first, wouldn't first it movie be, wouldn't it be yeah, sad even, even Jaws he couldn't in the book Hooper dies he's yeah. eaten by the shark but it's like, and he couldn't he couldn't do that imagine you know how like you can have a friend and you can tell that they're like going through something or like they're now they're like they're addicted to coke now or something but they're like you can see warning signs like you can pick up little signals from your friend that like something's wrong. Wouldn't it be amazing what do you if, mean? if Spielberg just came out <laughs> with a movie which was like really apathetic and evil and kind of mean and like kind of fucking like hate filled? So Temple of Doom. Yes. Oh, oh, okay. well, I was going to say actually yeah not bad. But it's like it's like that's our like that's our warning sign for Steve like Spielberg you are you okay buddy cuz you killed all the kids. Did you take your meds? Yeah, exactly. Like, your is, today? is something wrong, man? Do you need to go into town? What's I don't know. Like? Lincoln ended pretty dark. I know. Who wrote that? Yeah. That was nasty. It is a funny species. <laughs> yeah, Lincoln did, actually. That's uh, not. I'm not willing to not blame him for that, though, if I can have like a, four, a triple negative. All right. So the second opening scene of Forever Ryan is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I, that yeah, happens to right. me a lot. Like I always forget the, and everyone did with this movie. But this I always forget long the long like, ass push in to the yeah. opening scenes because that happens also in uh, Seven. There's a whole thing that happens before the movie starts in Seven that I never remember, and I'm always surprised when I pop in the DVD and it's like just Morgan Freeman sitting in a bedroom. Those things are so badass looking. Nasty. Don't ever want to hang out around them or have a reason to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's such a cool anti-tank uh, defenses there. Yeah. So is that for that is to. That's to, to keep this tank, from getting yeah. to the to right. the shore. It's to, it's Easily to keep to the uh, like, uh, tanks off the beach. Oh, okay. So the, 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 the tanks come in on a ship and roll off, but they can't get there because those things just poke holes. Yeah. In the, in the so boats. you drop you you land the guys, and the guys clear, take the beach, clear yeah. that stuff. And there's, then you a, land. there's a scene where a guy is talking about how he has to clear them yeah. to, for the tanks. Yeah. 
So here's the fake out. According to according to Screen Grammar, the last yeah. person we saw is going to be the first before the flashback yeah. is yeah. the first person we see when we, we get the, to we the did flashback. We did the push in and then we reveal Tom Hanks. Yeah. So, oh, okay, Tom Hanks is the old man in the cemetery. We got it. You're lo- it, it, it. He he used our film grammar against us. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, it's not, coming from inside the grammar. <laughs> which which <laughs> yeah, which, it's coming from inside <laughs> inside the trope. Uh, now now. And the movie, obviously, is very deliberately doing that to make you go at the end like, oh, wow, the whole time I thought blah, blah, blah. It's not just the fact that it did the fake out that, that offended Goldman. It was the fact that that, mean, that made the whole story bullshit. Yeah. Because uh, Matt Damon was, isn't here for this. Exactly. So it's like, Matt Damon they, is a paratrooper. He didn't land in Normandy. <laughs> this is not his flashback. Matt, that, Matt Damon just saw a movie and talked about that yeah, for exactly. two and a half hours. It's like Matt Damon is having a flashback about a bunch of guys some of whom died before he met them, and the rest died after he knew them for like half a day, and he, and yet he's our flashback guy, according to the grammar of this movie. Yeah, he's our point man for yeah, some reason. So it's, it's just, just a, a funny little. It's like, just it's a it's a it's a trick that you know is is used to to you know for for bad effect according to his Golden. name is Barry and Pepper, right? That's Barry yep, Pepper. That's Barry, Barry Pepper. Pepper. Sniper. I like him. I've liked him in every role I've seen him. He always plays these cool little characters, yeah. but he doesn't look like a Barry Pepper, does he? Like Barry he Pepper does, should be like a male pop star that's like a Katy Perry type. <laughs> yeah, Barry Pepper. Yeah, like it's from like the eighties, like yeah, exactly. big mane of hair, yeah, like, tight it, was, leopard skin pants. Wasn't he you the other guys guy? need to see Battlefield Earth because that's true. he is so Barry Pepper in that. He's movie. very Barry Pepper in that. <laughs> wasn't he the other guy in Wham? <laughs> he, yeah, he's Barry Barry Pepper. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's so Barry. He's yeah. ultimate, he's Ultimate Pepper. It is a it's, it is a it is a handsome look that they came up with for this. Did, was it really not? Obviously, like now it's just the look it's it's the trope but was it really not actually that established by this point it existed but it was uh the thing is this look is called bleach bypass it's something you actually do in the to development the of the yeah. film you do it to the negative this is before di so yeah. yeah and it was well, plus the, the shutter speed it's but, such a yeah, yeah. It, it, and it is such a i mean the shutter speed thing you still bake in but the uh the um you know this this bleach bypass is like it's it's scary. You don't want to. You don't want to do that. When you spent this much money on yeah. it, You're only Spielberg is just, going yeah. to get away with throw doing the this. throw the throw the footage into a into a blow dryer and yeah. Yeah. set it on fire. Debrade your master. Yeah. Now the now well the the strobing thing, which I thought was you know which I thought was cool when I saw this movie, I was like, oh okay, cool. I totally get it. Um, you know, good tracers. Because I, I went to film yeah. school. Um, you know, that's to simulate what combat camera footage looks like, actual combat camera footage, because, you know, the guys who actually covered the actual Normandy landing, you know, were doing it with these Springwound Bell and Howell cameras that had this extremely high, you know, you didn't adjust the aperture, you adjusted the shutter speed, and oh, it was really, really high. So actual combat camera footage is very, very high shutter speed. Um, so so it just has that look, um, now, which made total sense to me. And then a year or two later, Ridley Scott in the opening battle scene of Gladiator does exactly the same look. It's like, but the point? No, that's okay. over here's the point. <laughs> yeah, over here's you. Over here's you, Ridley. And and so it's like, <laughs> but somehow in people's minds, it's like, oh, if it's that's high, what a battle looks high like. shutter speed, that's how you shoot a battle. It's like, no, that's how you shoot the landing at Normandy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or any other battle of that era. I don't, World I mean, War Two is how you shoot that. I, I yeah. think you can. I think you can extrapolate the the context in terms of you're giving it that you're giving uh, any battle from any era. It's becoming that shorthand now. Yeah, 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 exactly. But but that is that is the problem. It's a it's an unmotivated, meaningless shorthand. It's just like now we've got you know now anytime a a uh, you know something goes into. Something goes into the sky. There's a dude fucking snap zooming away on on the uh, the camera. You know the. Yeah. It's like why that's. 
really that there was someone in space with Superman <laughs> snap zooming on him? They, <laughs> we were talking, that was a great Twitter exchange. Yeah, we Stu was going yeah. crazy. Yeah, Stu, Stu, Stu Mastrowitz was saying, it's like, it's as if there's only one guy who's an actual camera guy who's in space. <laughs> yes, so you, you have to farm out all your space shots to that and guy. he's kind of a spaz. And no, no, no. He's, the thing zo- was, he's all zoom happy yeah, as well. No, no, the thing was he was saying, and he's in space, so it's not like he can change his lenses all the time. Yeah. So he's, so so he's, he's got, a got a zoom lens. You know, he's got, he's, got big, a, he's got the big gloves on. Yeah. You know, you're lucky he gets the shot he's, at all. He's got a zoom to get the... Well, he was <laughs> saying, he, what it is, he's got a zoom to get the coverage, but then the editors always use that part instead of the shot he got, <laughs> and he's always furious, and he's like the most angry DP you've ever <laughs> met. They, they think uh, it's some kind of style. <laughs> and not only that, but, but no one on the ground DP crew will match his style, so his shots right. always stand out. Yeah. <laughs> And his name is Barry Pepper. His name is totally Barry Pepper. Well, we should probably talk about this movie because this is the good part of it. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is this is insane. So everyone's on fire. There is, we it, go, so. is it true that uh, he didn't actually have a shot list for this sequence? That's what I. That's what I've heard. That's what I've yeah. read. They just larped it out. That would times. That they just. That they know, just. Well, I mean, because obviously they, the action they just is, chronologically worked the, the work their way through. Yeah, them. they I, literally worked their way up the beach as the soldiers actually did. I believe that a lot of, to be honest, a lot of uh, um, action stuff is hard to make shot lists, especially this size. You kind of walk through it and go. Okay, I'm going to get this and then we'll go back and then and then we'll get this. I mean, um certainly only Spielberg can get away with it at this scale. <laughs> yeah, or really. Spielberg of the exactly. era. Oh, yeah, that, we'll just give you everything on a beach for 3 weeks and you just shoot it, I guess. Yeah, exactly. It's like if you've got all these people and the, you can just have them run back and forth yeah. for about 3 weeks then yeah. fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll figure it out as we go. Now, I think the difference is, I mean, because of the the way it's being shot and the idea of you know, it's being shot very. Another thing that's become kind of a trope now is is that was shocking just a few years ago is the whole not having clear defined shots, but the whole you know, some, a lot of people in, in the business is often called the shield because uh, that's apparently the way the shield was shot. Oh, is is that sort of you know? And then and then in the mist, Frank Darabont goes on about I got the shield camera crew to to shoot the mist right, right, because right. it's all about just you know just. There's no shot yeah, per ca- se. Catch, catching shots where you can catch yeah. them and all that. And this is, you know, again to keep that combat camera vibe. That's clearly how all this was done. Now that, to me, does not suggest that Spielberg didn't get up in the morning and at craft service go, uh, "Let's see, I'm going to need about eight guys to come off that thing on fire." I think that was planned. I think that yeah. was already, you know, in advance. And how they were going to cover that was up in the air, you know, and oh, how they were going to shoot it. But, you know, so when they say there's no shot list, yes, but I don't, yeah. I, I'm I sure they choreographed the action. I can't imagine that they just like showed up and just kind of said, okay, I guess the landing craft, how many landing craft do we need today, Steve? You know, even, even Spielberg, I don't think, like gets to, gets to get away with that. About so. six years ago, I worked on the Pacific. So did Five, Mike. get hammering. So did yeah. Mike. Um, yep. Uh, I worked on four episodes of the Pacific. One of them, I think, was the first episode. I think it's called Peleliu Landing. Peleliu. I think it's Peleliu Landing, uh, which I think is episode one. And that one, I was working on a sequence that looks almost exactly like this because it's trying to look exactly like this. (laughs) Different part of the war, but same shit. And one of the things that we did a lot of on that that I understand they didn't do as much of here, uh, if you know, for another reason than it was four years later when I did mine, um, is a lot of the dirt hits and shit and explosions and, and water hits and, you know, things going off and people firing air guns and all that shit is real. Also, there's a bunch of fake ones. So yeah. there's a bunch that are placed here and there and everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and well, all, all the, tra- the tracers. And also, like, yeah. I did, uh, all like, not all the tracers, but a tremendous number of the tracers in the opening, uh, this scene in uh, the Pacific, which was really cool. And we, uh, the VFX team won the Emmy for that episode, which was really cool, too. But it's a look that I like. And I have oddly specific opinions about how tracers should look. And people almost never get it right. This is getting it right. Um, uh, we did a good job, I think. I haven't seen all the episodes. I've only seen my sequences. But uh, 
people have a tendency to make them way too slow and way too sort of straight. Yeah. If they're too straight and yeah, like they perfect, drift. they look like they well not even like well, they're literally are, the line itself. They're like bullets. A, they're ballistic. Right. They yeah. are falling down. It yeah. looks like a like a blaster bolt or something. And one of the yeah. cool things you can do if you're trying to fake it, visual effects nerds at home, is it's imagine that this thing is it's a broken out casing of phosphorus that's spinning as it goes. So you get this sort of oblong shape. And it only goes across the screen for like three frames, but they're not like this perfect blaster bolt. It's kind of like this like scrape. It almost looks like a scrape on the screen, just because it's you know. <laughs> they also they spend a lot of time. Uh, I, I know a few people who worked on uh, Benjamin Button, and they spend a lot of time on the in the sequence where they're attacked by the submarine. They spend a lot of time on the uh, the tracers there too. It's a look you'd either get right or you don't. And some people don't seem to either notice the difference or care, but it's cool. I think tracers are just such a cool thing anyway. And I'm so glad that they exist in the world just as a thing to have visual reference for, not that we have to use them. This is a great messed this up is, shot. This is one yeah. of the great little, uh, it's a, get this it's in a one It's a great use of the rule of threes. Yeah. Yeah, really. Not, not a great, uh, I mean, the, 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 dummy, fact that the it dummy's pretty good, I guess. But. The fact that it doesn't cut is what makes it yeah. really, like, even even subconsciously if you're not paying attention to that fact. Yeah, but to me, it's like, the fact that the, it was set this way is like, I kind of I kind of knew it was yeah. coming. I kind of was like, I think I know where this is going now. Yeah. Considering how this, you know, this this has already been kind of a, you know, a, a snuff movie already. Yeah. It's like, okay, they're going to, I, I, I think I know. Yeah, they've killed a couple people Number already. three is going to be, yeah. uh, I can now swap this, this to this other side. See the movie swap to the side. Yeah, hey, it's a big donut head. Okay, great. So, Oof. yeah, it's good stuff. I was there's a really um, if you're interested in in this stuff, and God knows there's a lot of a lot of info about all this. Um, but something this movie doesn't go into that's really gone into, but it's a fascinating part of this whole landing, and it's uh, it's on Netflix. You have Netflix streaming. Um, there's a whole series that's uh, kind of interesting in general called Battlefield Detectives, which is about sort of retroactively studying great battles and what we know about them and studying the artifacts and studying the terrain and, and, you know, from modern forensic perspective and kind of figuring out new things about, you know, things we didn't realize about a certain battle or things we believe about a certain battle that may or may not be the way things that's, actually that's happen. That's cool. Um, Battlefield Detectives is interesting. And they have one about Normandy, but it's not about, you know, it's about um, a section of Norm a thing about Normandy that you don't hear about too much, which is, um, you know, there's, there's the two main beaches. There's Omaha and Utah, I guess is the main attack zones and there are two beaches right in the middle is a giant promontory of a rock called point de hoc which is where the germans put their guns these giant guns and it's also an observation post it's the highest point and you can look down on all the beaches so a, a story you don't hear about is the uh, interesting uh hanks is a ranger the rangers were brand new it was a brand new unit that had just been the, the concept of an army ranger was just invented and these were one of the first times the rangers had ever seen action and and the rangers were you know this elite group that were meant to be able to do these sort of special missions and, and all that. So, so it, uh, Point to Hawk was actually attacked earlier than anything else by 200 Rangers who had to scale the, the cliff yeah. and take out the guns. Because if the Germans kept the gun, you had the guns in the observation, they'd be able to wow. control the battlefield. So, so basically, take this and then add in climbing do, a mountain. Yeah, make yeah, a mountain. Doing it on a cliff. In, yeah, yeah, on a cliff. And then when they got to the top, the guns weren't there because the Germans had moved them inland and they had to find them inland. So, so it's you know a lot of what's sort of what's going on instead of saving Private Ryan. I mean, there was a Ranger unit that had to do a lot of what you're seeing here right at the beginning of the battle. To to get because the because the they had to get the German guns because the German guns could take out all the right. all the ships in the channel as well. So it's an insane story. I mean, there's no doubt that you know there's a thousand 
batshit insane stories that happen on D-Day, and that, you know, that's just one of them. But the the whole idea that there's as bad as this is, there was one with that involved mountain climbing as well, <laughs> which is just amazing. To yeah, think it's about. just this only you know vertical. Yeah. It's this combined with Carrie always climbing up the mountain in Princess Yes, exactly. Bride. It was the Cliffs of Insanity under fire. Do you guys know was. specifically what they do when they're doing a bleach bypass? Is it literally that they're just running it through like something that's really like there's, a, a abrasive chemical? Well, too? no. There's literally there's a stage where you pa- it, you pass the the um uh the film through multiple like vats of chemicals. Right. Yeah. And one of those vats Developer, is Developer emulsifier, is, right? And, and I'm not sure what all of them are off the top of my head, but one of those vats is. A vat of bleach, and you simply bypass the bleach vat, and that's why it's called that. Hmm. And it results. What 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 aspect of the look that we're seeing is the result the, of that? The bleach kind of uh, is it the contrast. It, yeah, the, it's a contrast. It's the saturation is much lower because the bleach helps to kind of rinse out the silver nitrate, the exposed silver nitrate, and it 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 when it remains there, it's got kind of a lower saturation and a higher contrast and and stuff like that. But and that. But they've also gone back and... and or I may have that backwards. Suspect, there's been a couple shots where it looks like they went back in and enhanced the blood. Because some of the reds yeah, suddenly that's pop. Yeah. There's a couple this, shots where the reds have popped like crazy all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. And that is a, that is something that you would have to go back in. And certainly ILM, you, I mean, you pointed out that some of the hits and the tracer fire and stuff like that, um, the, the ILM involvement in this film was certainly very downplayed because at the time... Um, the, the story was that we really did this. Well, at the time, it was, it was more that... If you talk about IL, that, that was kind of right on the cusp of when you didn't really talk about how movies were made, and now you can't get away from a TV c- commercial without them showing you half of the you know blue screen shots and stuff. Um, <clears throat> it was still part of the magic, man. Yeah, and just yeah. Well, I mean, I remember, I remember in um, uh, kind of unrelated to this, but I, there's a there's a book about Jaws. Called the Jaws Logbook or something like that, Jaws where they talk log. about it. Yeah, and and they talk about how they legitimately t- did not want anybody seeing the fake shark because they didn't want to ruin the magic of the idea that this was a real shark. <laughs> right, and that is so gone now. <laughs> but it was it was still there mostly around the time of Private Ryan, and so they didn't want to they didn't want to make you think of it as an effects movie by telling you that how much effects were involved so ILM's uh, uh c- contributions were were quieter another thing about whereas this, now you would just assume yeah, that they were yeah of course yeah. another thing that i i have to remind myself is that this this was before digital intermediates were a thing that people do on every every everything yeah. and so fact, like now this doesn't look totally odd like you, you you see tv shows that look like this now for some you know in some part because of this movie but also just this a level of contrast is a thing that happens in movies a lot these days because you crank the levels in post at the time that wasn't something that you saw on the screen that often yeah. you, it, this has a very specific look to it that's kind of modern uh but they did it the hard way or at least the the fucking risky way yeah yeah definitely and uh this was uh, not only no di i think di really um, started to come into it with Lord of the Rings. I, I think it's the first time most people really became aware of that oh, brother? kind of thing. Oh brother was the oh, first. Oh brother was then, the first that yeah. But Lord of the Rings is the first like where we're talking about when became. you actually you run all of the footage through the computer so yeah. you can you yeah. know futz with the this, color correction. Di just means doing the color correction in a computer versus actually yeah. dipping film it's, into. It's yeah, called it. Bags. I mean, Di stands for digital intermediate because the idea was you did all your work on the film and then you had an intermediate stage where you put it all digitally and then did the you know manipulations and then I'll put it back to film. It's still called DI as kind of a, a vestigial thing, but everything is <laughs> but digital should, from but start should, to finish. It should be, it should be the, the DT, the digital thing yeah. that we always do, <laughs> not the intermediate. Now, now it's just the I. Yeah. 
D is superfluous. But um, it, this was also, uh, according to uh, the IMDb trivia, this was the last film uh, to win uh, that the or at least get nominated, but I think it won to to win the Academy Award for editing that was not edited digitally or uh, on an NLE. Spielberg is always uh, I don't know if he still to this day maintains that, but for quite some time he he was always you know proudly and so you see so this credit sometimes proudly edited on film right um that he held out in his edit because he worked with the same editor quite often that editor just you know wanted to just work with film and and spielberg was okay with that or supported that so so i don't know if that's still the case it'd be kind of hard to hard to even imagine that you can you can maintain a career and still edit on film nowadays if anyone could it'd be spielberg yeah it's it's spielberg nolan and tarantino yeah. yeah. Well, even Tarantino edits on an Avid now. I mean, now we're literally at the point where it's like you you have to create film as part of your pipeline now. Like, well, <laughs> yeah. okay, we'll have to take the footage and turn it into film somehow, I guess, first, if you want to do it that way. So there is a point where you have to kind of let it go. Barry Pepper. Now, I just, I'm not, what do you think that they're trying to go for here with this deeply religious Christian Sniper <laughs> murder machine. <laughs> I mean, it's like it seems like there's there's some sort of it's ironic like, commentary trying to be made. Men of all stripes, sort of thing they're trying to do. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm un- unclear on it. I feel like it's, it's Spielberg is doing it with some touch of irony, but fully knowing that the irony is going to be completely lost in the vast majority of the uh-huh. people who watch the movie. Yeah, I think there is a. I, I guess there's just an element of how this becomes. This becomes normalized in a sense. It's like you don't think of it as you're killing another human being. You're like, well, I just got to get this done, and you know, God's on on my side. You know, mm. you're thinking of it as like I got to score the touchdown, and so I got to pray before I do that. You know, right? God cares who wins this game. Yeah. Now they do in this section here, especially, and 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 throughout little other there's other little moments, but this here, this one scene right here, especially. This says, you know, seems to be saying, you know, the, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't have the full on, you know, this is not your dad's war movie thing, where we do see them flat out shoot prisoners who are openly surrendering just because of the bloodlust and the yeah, screw and, the Germans yeah. and you know and all that uh, you know that sort of thing, which absolutely happened, and it's not anti-American to say that yeah, that shit happens sometimes. Everyone that. All kinds of bad shit happens in in these situations. You know, shot a guy in the back. What are you talking about? We're the <laughs> Americans. That's um, uh, a quote from the West Wing. All wars are crimes, right? <laughs> you know, so so it's true. You know, I mean, there's no there's no good side to let's let's shoot a flamethrower into a room full of guys. There's no positive team <laughs> when that's going on. Well, um, you can the the. The Nazis are our last. You know what? Fuck those guys. <laughs> like they're the last ones who you and can that's really one of the get ultimate away with. Of, that's one of the ultimate <laughs> problems of of you know that it's American ignorance and and so on. Is I don't think there are any Nazis in this movie. I don't recall seeing any Nazis. They, there was that's just true. a swastika on their little. Uh, on oh, the, little that was a swastika on the bunker where it came up. Yeah. To. All right. Well, that's that's but, imagery. But the one time. That's, yeah. That's imagery. But uh, you know these. But, but Trey makes an important distinction between yeah. Nazis and German sol- soldiers. Mm. That's right. The you know the. The, the majority of the war was fought by the German army. The German army were people who were German and joined their army of their home country. They didn't or were drafted <laughs> like the Americans are. Were. I don't. I don't know if Matt Fedeveda hates Afghani's, but he sure as hell went there when the government told him to go do it. Yeah. 
That's what most of the German army was, and a lot of the German army didn't care for Nazis either yeah. because they kept sending them into these hellholes to do horrifying things. And the Nazis, <clears throat> yeah, the Nazis were a political party. Yes, exactly. That, yeah. that people think of them as like, well, G- Germany was just Nazis. That, yeah. They were the same thing. Exactly, who it's were like, given command of the army. So, yeah. and it's it's like I said when I went to when I went to Berlin, I wasn't really clear on this definition myself, and I, I was when I spent six months in Berlin. Um, and I was I was blown away because when I got to my hotel room, I turned on the television in the afternoon, and Hogan's Heroes comes on, and I'm like, "How on earth is Hogan's Heroes on German television?" And Hogan's Heroes is like, it's right there in Hogan's Heroes. There, you know, the there's the German commandant Colonel Klink and Sergeant Schultz are German army. They run the prison camp. Hogan wants them to stay in in charge of the prison camp because everybody's afraid of the SS, which is those other guys who keep showing up and threatening to send Klink to the Russian front. That's the SS. That's that's everyone's common enemy on that show. Hogan always tries to keep Klink in charge because the SS will be so much worse. And and so so like I said, I don't think I'm not sure there are any Nazis in here. There's a there are swastikas, um, but as far and then Mm. but as you know, swastikas are. Like this, you're like here's the Hitler Youth knife, but that's an artifact. That's not right. rank It's not Indiana Jones over here. Yeah, so so it's it's just one of those things where, but to the army and the people fighting and to Americans to this day, don't get that there's a difference between. And it's really the impossible Nazi, to the get... Nazis and the German army, and it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, it's like when yeah, exactly you know, when you're in a battle, it's there's no distinction. It's not like the German army isn't trying to kill you, so you try and kill them back. That's just how yeah, this goes. It, it's it's also important to say it's impossible to make that distinction when you're in that situation. Exactly, you you just can't do it. What a really cool little visual shorthand thing yeah. to say. God yeah. damn it, they've been doing this forever. Yeah, that's that's another collecting the dirt and putting yeah. it in a tin with the country name on it. Another another movie worth checking out. It's you know not as not as slick and uh, modern as this one, but the Big Red One, uh, which Sam Fuller made, which is semi autobiographical, uh, stars Mark Hamill and a few other folks you might recognize. But uh, it's it's about the first the first army or the first uh, first infantry, which is a uh, symbol is a Big Red One. And it's all about how they were the front line of the whole frickin' war. They, they, they First they landed in Africa, and they fought Rommel, and then they came out of that, and then they landed in Normandy, and then they worked their way inland, and they kept fighting all the way to the liberating the concentration camps. The 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 first was was on was on the front line practically the whole time. So so these dude the, that first AC was kicking ass on that show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there was some there were some guys who you know and 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 uh, Band of Brothers deals with it too. I mean yeah, Band of Brothers is like this same group of guys. Went all the way from Normandy all the way to, to Germany to the liberation of the camps and the end of the war. And they, they saw the whole damn thing. So, Jesus. The, the only reason I know about that movie is because Mark Hamill was in it. And I remember when Star Wars, you know, was coming back, they did kind of uh, some articles about it. And they were like, yeah, and then Mark Hamill, like, tried to do stuff. <laughs> and just had, <laughs> yeah. like, a we picture like, from Mark, that go movie. Home. Go home. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. But I, re- I remember seeing a picture of him in the uniform and from that movie. And he's he's, he's pretty, pretty He's good. done all right for himself Big Red, now, Big, but... Big Red One is, is uh, worth seeing. So is Slipstream. Yeah, no, Slipstream. Slipstream no, Corvette right. Summer was fun at the time. I don't remember now. <laughs> don't remember much going on. Okay, so, and now. There we go. Here so, comes. Now, here's where the, now here, half an hour into the movie. Yeah. Now, to what extent is this, like, true? Obviously, things like this happened where there was multiple brothers and then multiple of them died. I think they even there tell was, the story. The real story is the Sullivan brothers, which I think which they Which is say. on the, was on a destroyer in the Pacific. Yeah. And, yeah, the, the, the military up until the Sullivan incident, had a very bad habit of putting entire towns on 
individual in individual like, units, in, in, in and in units and then if that unit goes it's like oh cool no one from Harrison Arkansas lived <laughs> exactly yeah. that's exactly. It, that's exactly pretty much like oh this this destroyer sunk and everybody from this yeah. podunk town Every, in Indiana everybody you ever gone. knew just just died there it's a town of women now yeah so. And that, that goes back to the Civil War because, you know, you would have like the first Massachusetts would just be all the guys in your town. We get together and say, we're we're a unit now. Yeah. And they would go out and they would, you know, be in the corner of the field in Gettysburg and they would get all wiped out. And that's the end of it. So because <clears throat> war wasn't until the Civil War. And, you know, <laughs> this is obviously 100 years after the Civil War. But, you know, until then, you couldn't. It was hard to wipe out the, all all of anybody all at the same time right. in a war, because you know, the Civil War was when things got really technological, and you were wiping out people much faster than you used to be able to. And the whole idea of uh, of a kind of a national army or, or a federalized army in the way that we think of it now is more of a modern invention. It's an invention of World War Two and and also World War One, like like Trey said. In the, in the time of the Civil War, it was more of just like, "Hey guys, we're gonna go. We're all gonna sign up, and we're gonna be the." Fifth Massachusetts Division, and everybody just from Massachusetts went and for Vermont and Jersey and wherever else, and that's it was much more of um, an outgrowth of kind of the, that militia idea of okay, we're just going to go around and get all the guys together, and that'll be our militia, and kind of building on that foundations, and the the way we think of sort of a national fighting force. Uh, is more of a 20th century invention. Do you guys remember at the time this movie came out? There were stories of you know veterans sitting in the yep. theater and having like panic attacks and having, sure. having to leave. Which I can totally understand. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I can imagine that happening to people whose dad was in World War II or something. Like, yeah. Yeah. Or in like, any combat at all. Just, hey, who's this guy? God damn it, Brian Cranston. <laughs> You're in fucking every movie now. <laughs> yeah. I just turned around. He, him and Sam Rockwell are going, <laughs> back, going yeah. back in time. See, this wasn't Brian Cranston until just a few years ago when he invented <laughs> that time machine. Yeah. <laughs> Cranston's been doing his thing for a long time. He's also in that From the Earth to the Moon. And he's yes. in that thing yeah. you do, he as we just as it. Yeah, he plays. Uh, he he also plays an astronaut in that. Yes, he? he does. He plays Grissom in yeah, that right, thing right. you do, and then Buzz Aldrin in From Near to the Moon. Yeah. I really love his performance as Buzz Aldrin in From Near to the Moon. It's out of this world. <laughs> I think it's one of it's it's a really great performance on his part, and a really a really great depiction of. Did he just the, nail Buzz? What, what's the well, name? he 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 nailed what I what I think what Buzz was going through at the time, or. The sort of yeah, emotional is, existentialist well, problem. This is, this the, is really the train off. poodle problem. This is really off topic from yeah. Saving Private Ryan, but Buzz Aldrin felt he should be the one to get out of the lunar rover first, or the lunar module first, and be the first man on the moon, uh, for various reasons, and he kind of struggled with um, with that and not being the guy. Uh, and it's dude. There's never been a bigger second banana in history. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. I understand. We yeah. still know his name, and he's still alive and on Twitter, so he has the last laugh. Yeah, and it's a and very he'll punch you if you're not careful. He will. <laughs> it's a very. It's, I just remember it's a very selfish I, thing that he can. You know, this desire of his. But he had, at least from his point of view, more nobler reasons for doing. But it's it, it's an it. ugly and really honest portrayal of. That. Yeah, it makes sense. I remember on the when he guested on the Simpsons when Homer and and Barney were becoming astronauts. And he was introduced. They introduced him, and is like Buzz Aldrin, the second man on the on the moon. And his like his only line was second comes right after first. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone just stood around awkwardly yeah. for a second. That sucks. <laughs> so oh, we're gosh. into a very lengthy, beautifully made, really boring model section of the movie. Look at this. Um, yeah, Goldman. Goldman Check. is like, yeah, this 
he he explains because he kind of summarizes the movie and he explains what's going on. And he's like, "You see how easy that was for me to explain? That takes thirteen minutes <laughs> yeah. in the movie." And not only that, but we're not even at the worst part yet, which yeah. is the Abraham Lincoln letter or whatever the fuck happens in a minute. Where they we're gonna go get him the hell out of there. This is one of those things that happens. Scenes. It happens a lot with movies that the whole world <clears throat> treats with ultimate respect. I'm not gonna say the whole world loves, but like has esteem for that. You just forget tremendous chunks of the movie that you're talking about yes like the last time anyone watched pulp fiction they were surprised by how much movie is there like they're like it is oh, a God, long there's, a, there's a lot of shit yeah. in this it's like i a, never think about when i think about there's pulp a lot pulp of fiction? bruce willis and this french chick yeah. Yeah. yeah okay pulp fiction is like a two and a half hour movie it's a long movie and i don't think I'm of it still as watching being that it. long yeah <laughs> i like pulp fiction a lot i'm just saying when people are like pulp Fiction's kind of a long movie i'm like no it's not oh wait it is yeah it's way long yeah <laughs> there so, so they just said after the sullivan brothers died on the juno Right, yeah. Juno was the ship that was sunk. So this is a thing that happened, but not the retelling. The Sullivan of the Brothers thing are the real historical right, incident that yeah. this is kind of inspired by. And there on the right is Dale Die again. Dale Die always shows up. Yeah, he's just got that Dale Die thing. I mean, what are you going to do? A military movie without him? Bitch, please. Yeah. Well, you know, again, he's Although, he's, 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 he's always your military advisor for your movie, and he's just you know someone years ago just said. Dale, why don't you just get in front of the camera? And he's just—he's always plays a cameo in every, just about every movie. Sort he, of he's like on early Ermy, different thing, but exactly. Well, so yeah, that guy very, just has perfect presence. Exactly. He should just be in it. Yeah. Saving Private, you know what? This son of a bitch pile of monkey nuts. I feel like this movie almost would have made more what they're going to do, you know, in, in sending people in for a rescue mission and stuff like that. It would almost would have made more sense if it had if it had been set during Vietnam. Because they were like, dude, we got such a fucking PR mess yeah. in this. We need to get somebody home for a happy story on the, the cover of People. Okay? We need to fix... <laughs> we need to do something for this. Whereas here, they're just like, well, you know, his mom might feel bad. And wouldn't that be a tragedy for that one woman? Didn't have People magazine during Vietnam. I think I meant Time. But okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> time doesn't have happy stories? No. <laughs> get it together. Reader's Digest. Did that exist during Vietnam? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Highlights. Okay. Highlights for kids, sure. Yeah, Jack and Jill. Yeah, they're still going strong. By the way, I was at the doctor the other day. As I said, as I said, people, I thought that too. I was like, oh, I should have. Do they still have find the picture in the back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a trick to those, by the way. You see, this is how awful this scene is. (laughs) (laughs) You're talking about about goddamn highlights magazine, (laughs) Gallant and Goofus. Yeah, Yeah, but those things where there's like two pictures next to it, and it's like find all the differences. Here's the whole trick: cross your eyes. And the two things overlay. Oh, you and can, some, and you some can oh, difference wow. mat it with your yes, exactly, tricky. and it works perfectly. Like it just it'll jump out at your face because one of them is there, one of them's not. So it's just got like there's a shimmering thing on the purse. Oh, the purse has two clasps. That's the way you solve those. I am no fun when it comes to highlights magazine. <laughs> I'm just like writing it down. I look like a fucking savant. Like wow. Okay, yeah. the tree is different. There's two. There's one of these. One of these. <laughs> yeah, we we just life hacked highlights magazine. <laughs> that's that's wonderful. So anyway, back to this awful thing thing that's going on on the screen. This abomination. The um, the I don't think there's any. First of all, there's not any information in here in this 13 minutes or however long this has been going on. Um, that couldn't have been covered in the next scene, and, it, and, and I, I, I believe is mostly covered in the next scene. Um, when Hanks or is even necessary to be covered when Hanks is going, because yeah, you know, yeah. that's the whole point. Why are we going? What are we doing this for? What's this about? You know, it's like on. You know, it's like well, first of all, it doesn't matter. These are your orders. You don't need to know. Right. Uh, if that were the if he, they were sticking with that theme, then that would be the yeah. way to go. And they do say that, but they this is apparently. I don't know why the movie feels we the audience need this much hand job to to you know feel like this is i, I think they're ha- yeah they're hanging thing. a lantern to be like look 
It's really important, okay? We don't want you guys being distracted by the army would never do this. They would never send someone in for no good reason. See, it's it's for a really good reason. It's for that guy's mom. Yeah, we have to spend a bunch of time showing all these colonels crying so that we understand why they they are sending these people in to save one guy. Whereas, whereas if you cut that scene out and just go straight to this, which, you know, would be a lot cleaner and a lot less dull... Then and the movie is even cleaner in what it thinks its theme is until it changes its mind at the end, which is just like laser focused day in the life. This which is, is just you know just do what you're told and boy, this, none of this shit is ever going to make sense. Yeah. Just try and get through it and keep your humanity and and not die. That's that's how this all works. Yeah, war is war is senseless hell. Is, yes. is what this movie is initially. It's it's weird it, because you're you're saying exact is exactly right. The movie is trying to have it both ways, and this is a really clear expression of that how we go from the generals crying and reading abraham lincoln in the room and then we cut to to tom hanks and we even have a moment explicitly i think conveying that when he's looking at them drinking the hot coffee and eating the roast beef sandwiches and these are these are the headquarters guys so these are the guys that always have the hot coffee and you know aren't uh taking the shit the way his guys are <laughs> right and he, we have a shot of like him watching them and going Oh God! It's, it's these guys. It's the headquarters, fucks. R E M F. Yeah. Who, uh, who did write this? Uh, Robert Rodat. Is he a uh, other stuff guy? Pull me. Let me pull up his IMDb. Okay. Yeah. I'm just yeah, curious he, because I feel like there's not a screenwriter in the world who doesn't go like I kind of like William Goldman and I want him to pat me on the to, head. Well, and well. <laughs> imagine like that shit. At least according to well, a lot of screenwriters to, don't care. According to IMDb. Uh, well, a lot of screenwriters care until the producer says, "I will pay you, sure, half a million dollars if if he runs into Normandy and kills everybody with a handgun and a puppy." And you're like, "Okay, <laughs> that's what fucking happened." Then if that pays. God <laughs> no. bless you. I hope you win the Oscar for this, and it runs forever because then I'll get more money. Yeah. Um, I don't think Robert Rodat is you know particularly the, crying. The Patriot. Yeah, Patriot. He works on Falling Skies. <clears throat> and he yeah he, he created Falling Skies, which is started off great and. Turned turned to hell halfway through the first season. I haven't gone back, but um, I went to film school with his nephew. There you go. That's that's big. and did nothing. That's <laughs> big. Um, and again, you never know. You know, it's. I, I think I've seen some some, and I could be wrong. I could be you know wishfully thinking this, but I've seen some things that you know. Of course, there was there was the movie that he wrote, and then there was a the movie that Spielberg said, "Ooh, there's a lot of good stuff here. I'd like to direct this." Let's just tweak it a little bit. You know, you never know what that process was. Maybe someone somewhere has documented that process. I don't know what it was. At but. least according to, to IMDb, it was 11 drafts from spec, I like this, to green light. Yeah. So, so you never know how much of, you know, when that, whenever you've gone through that pipeline, there's no telling how much, you know, unless they'll tell you, unless they'll literally tell you, unless you could get Robert Rodat in a room and say, so was it really the movie you meant to make? Um, or did you just go, Hey, it's Spielberg. I, you know, what am I going to do? Say no. Um, you know, cause there, there does seem to be a split where the movie kind of, you can see the scenes that want to say one thing, but then there are these other scenes that are saying the other thing <laughs> and they're, they are kind of evenly split from one scene to the next scene, you know, and how things set up that are then pay off later. So it, you know, this, this is very drafty, quite possible. You know, the, the thing I was like, Oh, I like the scene where these guys do that. But then later, I really think the guy they let loose should come back, don't you? You know, <laughs> yeah. and you this know. is this is a movie where the setup and payoff is actually what breaks the movie. Yeah, yeah the setup and payoff is the mistake. Um, I mean, well, actually, and uh, Goldman was looking for 
Goldman was looking for payoff, but he was looking for different payoff. You know, he was—he just thought everything he thought this movie was pointing towards turned out to be not what it was pointing towards, and that's one of the things that he was confused by. Jeremy Davies, I love him in this movie. I love his character. He's another one of those guys that just sort of suddenly, right around this time, just started showing up in every movie. You know what else he's in? Twister. He's the, one of the he's one of yeah. the like helper guys, yes. and he's the guy who got freaked out when it was a, at the drive-in theater, and he's like hiding in the truck. And Helen Hunt's like, "You get out yeah, of the get tr- out of the truck. We do this for a living. Get out of the truck." He's, you know what happens if you stay yeah. in the truck. He really he, the entire me. band of of Twister, yeah, the crew Twister, is, everybody in Twister is, is somebody. It's creepy. Um, he really blew me away in uh, Solaris. Is yeah, where he's amazing in Solaris. Oh, I forgot about Solaris. Um, that's just because he, you know, it's he's so featured in that, and he just has that really just that that character that he comes up with is just fascinating. And in Lost, he's also very good. In his character True, yeah. in Lost is basically his Solaris character. It really is. But it's just that over several, many, many episodes, which is just a lot of fun to watch. How much of this is real and how much of this is a map painting? I, I don't think it's a map the, painting. The, the ships, uh, ships in the water I know are, are added. The, no, let's just look at the scope. A lot of, of the rest yeah, of this looks pretty pretty real. A lot of that yeah. probably was real. Yeah, the ships and the and the zeppelins. Are what are the be. little uh, What are the little dirigibles, the dirigibles for? Whatever. They're anti uh, anti aircraft. Oh, so to, basically to keep bombers from being able to come in. I see. Or, so, or torpedo planes because they'd get tangled up and they okay. exactly is okay. Oh, okay, cool. Because it reminds me of like you know the photos of London, and that, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Interesting. Uh, so I don't. Hey, let's I don't make think, a poster for the movie. <laughs> I don't think you actually see any of the uh, aircrafts. Uh, the Normandy invasion aircraft there, but uh, if you ever see a World War II airplane, most likely a Mustang, but or C forty sevens or uh, the like, uh, you'll s- you'll see uh, Spitfires too. I think yeah, they'll have like uh, red and white stripes painted on the wings, and that's because those are, those are Normandy invasion stripes. That's because there were so many planes involved that they had needed some easy way to distinguish Allied planes from from Axis planes. So wait, what did they do? They if you watch, and actually, you sometimes see over here in Burbank, uh, like on the weekends, you'll see World War II-era planes flying in formation, and sometimes they have the invasion stripes. But they have uh, two outer white stripes and one inner black stripe, I think it is, on each wing. So and the, those are called invasion stripes. The weird little like rules of engagement in war scenarios, are it's it's like darkly funny to me. Like, okay, we all agree that we don't want to get confused about the planes. So we'll go <laughs> pink, and you guys go green. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> Like it, that's sort of like the agreement, the sort of inherent. All right, well, this is the rules. You know, it's it's war is fucking baffling. And there's in, it's, in, there's in there are some very odd conventions that yeah, we've exactly. had for the longest time. Like, that's like, just how we do it. The whole thing, like, okay, don't shoot the medic. That's right. the deal. Right, you know, right. we don't shoot the medic, and then you know, oh, it's bad if you shoot the medic. Now we're mad at you. That was nasty what you did shooting the medic. You're not <laughs> we weren't to do trying that. our really, really damnedest to kill you before. Yeah. But now we're going to try our really, really, really damnedest to kill so you. There is now. this really odd, you know, it's like, oh, okay, oh, no, no, no. He's wounded now. He's not shooting back. Okay, he's right. he's cool now. You're don't, it. Yeah, don't shoot that guy anymore. This movie also, like, introduced us to a lot of actors that later became actors, too. That you're like, Giovanni yeah. Ribisi, we'd never seen before. The, the big bald guy, ben we didn't Diesel. know who that was. Um, you know, they actually, for me, the one that I, you know, Jeremy Davies, I, I don't remember ever seeing before the one that the only guy that I recognized out of the whole group besides, uh, um, the guy who I always want to say is Ed Norton, but is not, um, Ed Burns, Ed Burns, um, is, uh, and there he is there, um, is, um, uh, what's his head? Uh, the, the fell in the back, the, the, the Jewish guy. Yeah. I know you're talking about his name. Adam, I think. Adam's yeah. Adam, name. Adam. Yeah. And, uh, he, he, cause I always remember him from Dazed and Confused. Yeah, and uh, so every time I see him, he's playing a totally straight part. I just think of that. I always think of him going, "I want to dance." That's that's the line that comes to <laughs> Adam my head. Goldberg. Adam Goldberg. Adam Goldberg. Yeah. yeah. 
So he's all the Jewish. <laughs> We're over here like, the Jewy guy, what's his last name? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Goldberg. Goldberg. <laughs> oh. Who saw that coming? Right. And Barry Pepper, you know, wasn't Goldberg, really, Iceberg, hadn't seen Barry thing. Pepper that much. So, so give the movie tremendous credit for really putting together an amazing group of actors who really work great as this squad. I think, you know, again, now, now the movie's into the part of the movie that's good. Yeah. And, and works and, and is you know, incredibly well made. Whatever else you want to say about Spielberg, he can shoot and he can cast. Yeah. Yes, definitely. <laughs> this is such this this squad has been the squad of guys since they were making movies <laughs> during World War Two. It's like this this guy, Ed Burns, is literally from Brooklyn. <laughs> what is the population of Brooklyn that every squad can have a guy from Brooklyn in it? <laughs> How many people? Is there no one in Brooklyn right now? There's like three old ladies with a fruit stand going, no one's buying the fruit. I don't know why. Where they all go, the boys. It's true. It's true. There's like one guy with squad is always from New York City. Yeah. There's, all, there's, there's like one guy with spunk in every unit in the war. Yeah. And not so many black guys because they were in their own units. But that's that's how that rolls. But but the, uh, you know, and then there's the... the you know, we got the one religious fanatic. We got the, uh, you know, it's like we got one of everybody here. You know, I don't know where Diesel's supposed to be from, but. I don't New know York. where he's from. No idea. No one has ever figured out where he's from. But. They're scared to ask. He might <laughs> but then you got Burns, who is the, the you know, the, the Brooklyn guy. Now, now the thing is, and I don't know if it was Goldman who said this. I, I guess it was, you know, it was Goldman's theory. That, uh, that he said that um, the guy at the end. It, it, Goldman was was yeah, more or less fi- yeah. he was more or less fine Two with things. it's okay that it's, it's you they made us think that oh the guy at the end is Tom Hanks and this is gonna be Tom Hanks's story so you can have the wait what Tom Hanks is dead <clears throat> the guy at the end should have been Ed Burns yeah uh, and, he, and he makes a whole case for it in his essay which and is he's retconning it and if you and, if you, and if you watch he's the movie yeah. here's what's freaky if you watch the movie. Literally by just changing that morph, if they had just taken a shot of Ed Burns and morphed it into the old dude instead of what they did with Matt Damon, it would totally work. Right. Because because every you know, every scene, it's like every time something goes on where it's like we gotta save Private Ryan, there's always a cut of Ed Burns going, Really? You know, right. with his face. Like, why? And he's the one who's always like, Why? He's the one who literally says, Why is this kid worth all of us? Why should we all die to save this one guy? You know, and so he should be the one at the end who go, Hey Chief, so and, and Goldman's retcon of it what I thought was brilliant. But it was it's a movie that, you know, no one wants to see that movie. It doesn't make us feel good about ourselves. But it would have been a stronger movie. Is you know that that he's going to the he's going to the cemetery to tell Tom Hanks's character that Private Ryan you know just grew old and died, and he didn't cure cancer and you know he didn't murder anybody as far as we know that's, he was just a guy cool. who lived a life, and I don't know if he was worth all of our guys or not, but I just that's but I how, did the job. That's how it worked out. So I just thought you want to know that he lived a full life and salute and and so and just leave it in that vague like you never know which you never know if it's worth it you don't know you, you don't want, know that's if you want to take that moral ambiguity and just play with it a little bit louder exactly just have them all get back home and he trips and falls when he's getting off the ship and dies <laughs> exactly <laughs> just breaks his neck it on the way down becomes a serial murderer yeah just falls off the or like just like Okay, fine. We lost nine guys getting this guy back. Oh, John, and he fucking slipped on a banana peel like an idiot. John Francis Ryan, the notorious rapist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the child molester. Yeah, sure. Everyone knows his name. Right. When suddenly, Paul Giamatti. <laughs> and then just as suddenly. <laughs> no more. 
uh, uh, Ted Danson. Ted Danson, and then and then, and then, and then Nathan <laughs> just says suddenly and, and unexpectedly, Nathan Fillion. Yeah. I, I, ever since hearing Zoe's story in Firefly about the apples, I'm worried when people eat apples in wars. Yeah, <laughs> what's the apple story from Firefly? It could be uh, there was they, they, they put they, explosives. They, in. they oh, were in a trench oh, yeah. and they had ran out of ammo and they said they needed food and a bunch of apples rained down and before uh, Zoe could tell the guy not to, he took a bite out of it and his head blew off. And that's why she eats apples with a knife. Well, it's like the teddy bear from uh, Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. yeah. Don't fucked that. up. See, the little tracers aren't perfectly lines. There's the little like blobular sort of aspect to them that is a, it helps a lot. They're also, people always try to do them white. They should actually be orange. They, sh- they, they tend to look orange when you actually film them, which is cool. Yeah, so yeah, Paul Giamatti, this definitely was, I remember... God, can't you be in everything? Reseeing this movie and going, wait, that was Paul Giamatti, that guy. I love we Paul Giamatti. We definitely didn't know who he was at the time. He, the first time I remember seeing Paul Giamatti was in The Negotiator. The oh, yeah. F. Gary Gray movie. Uh, and he played, like, Randy or something. He played, like, a piece of shit insurance fraud guy who was just, like, trying to, like, motormouth talk his way out of the, the hostage situation. It was, it was, oh, man. I want Paul Giamatti to be in all things. He's he's done a pretty good job of being in most, but... Yeah. You know, he could always... He's in shoot him up he's, he's certainly trying to keep that range. He he's <laughs> he does amazing as uh, John Adams, which I yeah. also just yeah. recently watched. Oh, I haven't seen that still. And uh, they just they just put up... Um, someone was on the set of Amazing Spider-Man 2. He's yeah. playing a character named Rhino, which I know nothing about. And, Is he uh, one of the villains? It's a, it's a giant Rhino. Yeah. Well, he's playing... He's, you know, doing like you do these days when you're in that kind of movie... It's it's you, the actor, with this giant styrofoam thing with fucking barcodes on it, so that they can get your performance into this giant rhino, I guess. While while simultaneously, you know, well, wow. they they've got your presence on the set. Man, Lawrence Olivier would be so pleased. Oh my god, I would love to know what he <laughs> would have thought of that. He probably would have quit the business. But um, but so there are all these pictures of Paul Giamatti. Being a like bringing the crazy so hard, it's like I saw those pictures and I went, I want to see this movie now. <laughs> he's like he's just, and you know, I guess it's he's thinking like it's got to get through all the uh, CG you character have, work. You and have stuff to be like so that. over the top that it sings through the computer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah. he's he's pushing it as hard as he can. And I'm like, oh, suddenly I'm looking forward to this movie. I would love to see a movie where it's just nothing but incredibly over the top characters like Johnny Depp would play, all played by like. I want to see like Stanley Tucci and I want to see Paul Giamatti in there. I want to see Kevin Spacey go fucking bug nuts. Like I just want to see all of the like the really good character actor guys all destroy a thing like that. And all like to be like play it to 11. No one gives a shit. No one's watching sort of wacko characters. Yeah. So like we'll, a we'll sucker call punch it- of CGI yeah, like, those guys. Or even not you didn't even have you could you could do it like my dinner with Andre. Just I'll yeah. put him in a room this like dinner theater and just have them play the hell out of these yeah. weird roles. We'll call it Bug Nuts Banquet. Yay. <laughs> Bug Nuts Banquet. That sounds like a ska band. <laughs> so here we go. Now here's a great little constructed scene of just, again, the insanity. of war. <laughs> just yeah. freaking insanity of the kind of shit that goes down. And isn't this sort of the traditional, uh, an example of the traditional definition of a set piece? Where What that means is you, you've built this one particular setting for a scene and you're dealing with that. Like that's what a set piece refers to, right? More or less, pretty much. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, it's literally like like, here's the set, right? And you use the setup, yeah, exactly. exactly. It's like you, it's it would be if you just had one, like a bottle episode, but that's you know, this is the 
broken off apartment com- complex set piece that we're doing the scene in here. Now it's kind of colloquially meant to be just talk about like the scene or a sequence or something, but that's what I think it yeah. comes from. Well, now, yeah, I now I would that, buy that logic. Oh, you, you convinced me. Yeah, I think I, I think you're absolutely right that that's where it came from. But now it's like, well, we, the, we the set is digital Chicago that yeah. the Transformers are going to eat. Yes. You know, in the ocean set piece in Pacific Rim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although although I think things are are starting to uh, uh, transition to being called sequences instead, and, and colloquially they they refer to them, you know, in the the ocean sequence instead of set piece. Now I I really do like, regardless of the the sometimes later he has to act some very convoluted silly moments, but um, how this scene goes? Well, Hanks. I'm talking about Hanks. Hanks is you know character of. You know, he he just he's he's following orders, and he doesn't you know he doesn't question them. He he may question them, but he doesn't you know come anywhere close to disobeying them. Or and he's not whining. Yeah, you know, and and, and the fact up. that he's he makes you know he's has no hesitation to make really hard choices. With <laughs> like here, it's like you know we're not taking this girl. I don't care how much danger we. This is not happening. You know, we're not dealing with. Now, what's weird is later, and this is what Goldman was pissed off more than anything else, is when they, after all this, when they go to save Private Ryan, it's like we're here to take you back. We have our orders, and Ryan goes, "No, I'm not going." And and Hanks goes, "Oh, well, now I don't know what to do." <laughs> and when Goldman is like, "How about you fucking take him back?" Yeah. <laughs> I was, oh, now you don't understand what orders mean anymore. How does that happen? Yeah, he has this. He for in that in that portion, he yeah. he goes off. He's like, okay, thought experiment. <laughs> Let's say that when you you know you were given the task of taking your next door neighbor, the little Mikey next door, to school. This is the most important thing in the world. You have to do this. You must. And then the next day, you go over there, and you're gonna take little Mikey to school. And he says, "I'm not going. My best friend is coming over today." According to this movie. You have two choices. Go to school without him or sit with him and wait for his best friend to come. How about option three? You fucking take him to school like you were told. <laughs> it's not like that option's gone. Yeah. He just there. won't like it that much. Yeah. So anyway, so this we've. We've 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 killed our we've killed our talking point for there. Yeah. But they get but this um, this scene here again. I'm not complaining about this scene at all because this scene again is all about you know random and stupid and you know and poor you know, poor Caparzo's getting getting you know getting shafted for trying to be a decent guy and doing something halfway decent that just happened to be the wrong thing at the wrong time. And by the way, it's not often in a movie where you see Tom Hanks try to fuck the kid over and Vin Diesel be the nice guy. Exactly, yeah. you don't see that very often. So you gotta revel oh, in vintage that. Hanks. <laughs> That's so Hanks. Classic Hanks, fucking over the little girl. What a nice guy. So Hanky. So yeah, this and the sniper duel is great. Um, as as with most things, MythBusters actually has covered this. I think twice. I think twice they've done the. Can you shoot the guy in the sniper in the sniper scope and blow his eye out? And uh, it it has a lot to do with what kind of sniper scope he has. Um, oh, because the glass. No, really. Because it'll, it'll, it'll ricochet yeah, off because and... of the way that you know, like an older one is actually harder supposedly than a newer one because an older one is heavier metal, thicker glass, et cetera, et cetera, and it's like a, you know a bullet won't penetrate it that well. Um, they just they they established you know that yes, it can be done. Um, the story actually comes from Vietnam, the one that they were actually trying. It claims that a a famous American sniper, or uh, I believe. Uh, did exactly this to a to a Vietnamese sniper, and and so they recreated it with the actual proper weapon and and scope being hit and so on, and and established that it's it's 
possible. I mean, it's a one in a million, but it's possible. Um, but they also established, like, even if you don't blow the guy's eye out, you have effectively made him not a sniper anymore because <laughs> you've done some kind of bad damage to his scope that will probably make it unusable as a sniper scope. So do they go with confirmed or plausible? They Plausible, I think, is where okay, that cool. was, as I recall. I was say, if you went confirmed, I'd be like, but a guy still can't catch an arrow. That's right. No way. And you still can't set a... Try I, I, I love this little moment. Bronze shields. Yep. The little girl's like, fuck you, you crazy <laughs> rat bastard. Yeah. Just slapping him in the face. The final thing is like, the, the daughter is like, that was messed up, dad. That was the stupidest thing that you the, the dad's yeah. like, honey, war is hell. Yeah. <laughs> but don't War is hell and the universe is cold and unfeeling. Exactly. Except later. Yeah. <laughs> later, everything will suddenly make sense and be, you know, there'll be echoes and it rhymes. <laughs> That is so sad that that just has become this thing where we just mock any attempt. To, it's like, if you don't understand what you're saying, it, gets, it rhymes. It rhymes. It rhymes. It's just unfortunate. He he walked into that one. Yeah. What, Lucas walked into like the, rhyme? The, 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 the rhyming thing? Like, it, he's just a guy trying to defend his script that people were being mean about. And he's yeah. like, I was trying to make it rhyme. And we're like, oh, I was trying to make it rhyme. Like, we're just being shitheads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> but it's but that's also true about that's also true about really bad poetry. When you're like, it's a poetry, it rhymes. It's like, yeah, you picked a word that rhymes, but it doesn't make any fucking sense that <laughs> yeah. you used it. Yeah, see, okay. So here's your Ed Burns. Like, yeah, anyway. fuck this shit, you know. Ed, Ed Burns is the guy who knows... What's up about yeah. this whole mission? I don't think I've seen Ed Burns in anything else, but he's got a really kind of classically handsome. Well, look. he makes his own movies. Yeah, yeah he does, does he? his own stuff. Brothers yeah. McMullen. And he looks like, like that. he looks like a like a film star from like the forties. Mm-hmm. I really like him. I, I really even in movies that I don't particularly like crazy about. I I like him a lot. I Captain actually... Hamill. That's what he's saying. Yeah. Captain yeah. Hamill. <laughs> I misheard it the first time I saw it after I saw Doctor Horrible. And I thought he was saying Captain Hammer. And I was like, hey, that's weird. He said Captain Hammer. That's funny. And then, and then fucking Nathan Philly walks in. I was like, what just happened? What is going on here? <laughs> but it's Captain Hamill. So Sam that's Rockwell okay. is messing with yeah. all the movies. Yeah. Whose time machine was this? <laughs> was it Rockwell or Cranston? We, what is going on? We Lord Motor Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> he's no, also just, saying it with this like Boston accent. So it, you, he's saying Captain Hamill. Captain Hamill. So it could be like it could be R. Actually, I sort of always heard it as Captain Anvil myself. So I don't. You know, which goes with Hammer, but that's yeah. how it is. Now Cap- this, Captain this, Anvil was my point. Talk name. about a set piece. This this also would be definitely a set piece, um, and this has been a this has been a wonder up to this point too. Yeah. But um, oopsie. Okay. This this set has a breakaway wall. Yeah. <laughs> Flyaway pants. They're like oops. Hello, we are the Germans. <laughs> We're just gonna have to shoot the Alarm! fuck out of a bunch of people. You are paying for this wall. <laughs> yeah. Now it is raining in our house. You English fine. This is very inefficient. We do not like this. It will be very difficult to heat the room from now on. <laughs> now you are shooting us. <laughs> very bad manners. We are indicating the crazy futility of war. <laughs> this indication is now concluded. <laughs> it rhymes. It rhymes. <laughs> I, I and it's also it's also interesting where both sides are sitting there just arguing and shit, and then these other guys come in and just yeah, that's it. the hell is wrong with you guys? Stop these guys, <laughs> focus, people, just standing yeah. there yelling. Guys, they're with the Germans. You shoot them. Yeah, that's how that goes. That's creepy. The he just the guy still slumped. He just, but he just, he just yeah, ended yeah. up balanced. Yeah, that's freaked out. 
That's scary stuff. Man. Oh, that guy's still alive. <gasps> but here comes Ted Danson. Sometimes you make oh, thank me God. feel like dancing. Sam will make it all better. Yeah. Sometimes you want to go. Yeah. So he's Captain blows Hamill. Out your brains. Yeah. <laughs> Good rhyme on the spot. Nice. Yeah. You see it rhymes. Yeah. You God see, damn it. Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that hard. See. <laughs> and as I understand, the way they made the they made this movie was they built a big big just they built these like blocks and blocks and blocks of ruins and then just dressed them and redressed them and shot them from different angles to be all these different ruined towns I don't, that makes I, sense I think that's is that's, that what they did for Full Metal Jacket I remember there was Full a Metal thing. Jacket is the, is the famous gas works in, in England which is just these big cement they built structures a, a, a one they, mile yeah, yeah they, they took a they one did. mile gas works and turned it into Vietnam essentially yeah, but uh, planted all the trees and everything else but I think I think these were mostly as I understand were like sets and then which were then retasked or whatever to become part of uh, Band of Brothers, I think. Huh. They said, oh, we, we should totally reuse these before they have to be. We just keep paying the lease on this land and uh, make make a TV show or something. They, like, Ro- in- they Roger Corman themselves. Like, wait, before we tear this yeah. down, can we just shoot can another do, thing? Uh, give it HBO to pay Fillion for Fillion was on uh, Nerdist, and he told a story about shooting this because at this point, you know, he's a guy who's had, like, no breaks. Like, he's been in a little thing here, a little thing, you know, a guy growing a pizza place. Like, nothing huge. And um, he's on... Two guys. He's on <laughs> Saving Private Ryan... With Spielberg and Tom Hanks, this huge goddamn movie. And Ted Danson. And it all comes down to him. And Ted, <laughs> I'll have you know. And Ted Danson and suddenly Paul Giamatti. Uh, and he, he couldn't get it up. Like he couldn't, he was too in his own head about it. He was psyched out about it. And uh, Which I get. And Spielberg, <laughs> and Spielberg like, he, he was, he remember, I remember the, the story was just that in that moment, you think that Spielberg will be pissed at you because he's running the show and he's got this huge thing happening and the, the, the clockworks are going and the money's just tallying up. Uh, and instead of like screaming at him or anything like that, he like took him by the like he grabbed him by the shoulder and like walked him over and just sort of talked to him about like something else and just kind of got his mind off of it. And then he came back and he did the scene. And it's like, what a you know that's that's something. Michael Bay wouldn't do that. No, no. Michael Bay <laughs> no. would make you wash his car in no underwear. But to be fa- I mean, you know, we we say Michael Bay because it's like, well, he's kind of a you know, crummy. And what kind of movies does he make anyway? Jim Cameron wouldn't do that either, I don't <laughs> think, and uh, and he turns out with pretty good stuff. But but um, so it's not just because Michael Bay sucks; it's just a, a certain style of. But but Spielberg no, it's just is, related to the fact that. Sp- yes, yes, certainly, certainly, him sucking doesn't help anything. Um, but like you know, Spielberg. One of the things that makes him a smart director is knowing he's like, well, that's not going to help if I scream right. at him. <laughs> it's going to make things five times worse if I scream at him. Well, it's it's tricky to know, and and it's it's a thing that. Because directors have different strengths, you know. I, I'm. Whenever I direct, I you know I sort of had to. I was doing a thing this this past couple of days where I was kind of nominally the director, and and it's always interesting because you you're so often like, who's the guy that we gave, that we. I remember I saw a tape six months ago. Oh, here he is. Hi, nice to meet you. Right. Let's do a really emotional scene now. You don't really, you don't know what you're going to get or what, you know, what the space he's going to be in or, you know, whatever. So you've got all these different actors, you know, I would be most relieved. You get like, Tom Sizemore just staring you down. Exactly. I would be, I would be relieved to go, okay, I got this new guy. I don't know what I'm dealing with here, but I got Ted Danson on one side and I got Tom Hanks on the other. So that's covered. Yeah. <laughs> They're probably okay. Yeah. I can just cut and to them. Hey, we yeah, got another exactly. burn shot. So I here. can focus on the, on the new kid, you know, and, and, you know, give him a few minutes. Minutes and and we'll see how we can make it when we can make it, make it do it's it's tough though and and, and I think it, it's you know some directors are just 
known and and loved by actors because they're good with actors, quote unquote. And some some directors are notoriously terrible with actors because they just terrify them or yell at them or right. do everything that's completely the wrong thing when an actor is struggling a little bit. Um, so, and then there's the directors in the between who do can't. Um, there was there's stories like I think it was um, suppose it's always the story is always about about. Uh, Olivier, even when it's never actually Olivier, <laughs> but um, there was he's the lupus of actors. Yeah, exactly. there's, a, there's a story about uh, um, or the weird Al Yankovic, whether it's Olivier or, or Brando or whoever who would you know it goes both ways. You know, the, the actor's like, okay, what's this director? What's his deal? Oh, I heard that with Brando. I heard it was Brando. Yeah. Where where he would you know this the story where he would like you know when they would do the first scene or whatever he would do like. A lot, just a just a bad take. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, Brando, Brando knew that he was like he was being just just indicating and being just you know just actory and all that kind of stuff. And the director didn't go, yeah. So Marlon, it didn't somehow try and go. That was not what we want here. Right. Then Marlon knew that he was dealing with a hack, and he could. Just, oh, I'm going to phone this in. Right. This is going to be easy. So Marlon Brando was a very lazy man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if he could get away with it, he would get away with it. Yeah. He was an amazing, tremendous actor. But also a very lazy man. Yeah, he's so. like, well, he so he was like, listen, this is hard, and I don't want to do it. So if you're <laughs> yeah. not, gonna if you don't do even it, know if I'm doing it right, yeah, then I'm what already the hell? rich, so fuck it. Yeah. yeah. So so it's you never know, it's, go to Marlon Brando's barbecue, by the way, because true. <laughs> so it's always as a as a you know whatever I hear stories. Did you cook this? It's always whenever I hear stories like that, I always it's 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 probably my biggest insecurity as a director because I can you know put the camera places and you know cut a scene together, but you know it's like I always wonder, am I like missing is the actor really giving something that's going to work or you know should i be giving them some kind of note or direction and if they're really 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 eating it I, that's when i really like oh fuck i'm supposed to do something now <laughs> and i don't know what what should i do you know so but uh, and the only the only thing i need the only thing i know for sure is you don't go up and go okay dude you're just like totally blowing it and we're losing like five thousand dollars a minute right. so <laughs> if you could just like please for the love of god be not good now suck so hard yeah that would be awesome <laughs> I know that's not what you do. I know that's wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So, so, so God bless Spielberg for, you know, at that time, that day, knowing, knowing what to say to that actor, whatever it was. Tom Sizemore is really scary. Even when he's smiling. <laughs> Tom Sizemore is a scary dude in, in real life. In real or life, too. A, an intense dude. How would you say. like, how would you like to be in, I, I guess, I guess it'd be better to be his cellmate than than a stranger because you just go hey tom heat was awesome tell me that story about right, right, right. Um, and then rape me i don't know but right. uh, the, <laughs> the but uh yeah tom sizemore in prison what's that like wow is he in right now or is he busy back out does anyone know he's out I oh my god he's, he's i can see him outside he's right he's looking he's looking in the window <laughs> right now. yeah jesus I know you were kidding, and I still like really expect it. Just to see his face like, Because he could be, is my point. There's no way not to know. Yeah, Tom Sizemore could be anywhere. <laughs> he literally could. So. Even in the theater! <laughs> there's a... Yeah. What was it's like that? the tingler. It's like the tingler, the where tingler. they would do the thing. That it's there's like you. There's like the Sizemore device on the, on the seats that just kind of shakes him and goes... <laughs> it's Ugh. just an animatronic <laughs> Sizemore. It just pinches, it just pinches your butt. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. what are they talking about in this scene? They're, they're, <laughs> see, they're, they're having the, they're about having the nobility the, of war. They're having the thematic conversation about what the hell are we doing exactly, and and the uh, the idea of yeah, it's, it's a good scene. Again, this again, the movie hasn't started to suck yet at all. Um, it's it's cooking. I mean, it's going to be continue to cook for another twenty some minutes and uh, be excellent film. Tom, uh, Tom Hanks is 
Was he just put on the earth by some all all knowing being to make him someone you just like all the time? Like he he's just like effortlessly love that guy. How what what does he have? What is he doing? I don't get it. <laughs> he's a, just so goddamn likable. And he didn't always really have it too. I mean, if you look at like like his man early with one red shoe and all man that. with one red shoe and bachelor party. I mean, he he was charming, but he was a douche too. I mean, he played like these really annoying smart alecky characters. Um, even his, uh, you know, when, when, when Tom Hanks now is making that face where he's going, nah, 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 that's, that's what his, that's what his acting used to be. What his stick was. Is, 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 that's what his, that's what his shtick was. So, so when you see him in like Bosom Buddies, so like, of all people, oh, God, Buddy. he was oh, on yeah. Happy Days. He fought, yeah. uh, the Fonz. Yeah. So of all people, like, you know, I used to watch Bosom Buddies sporadically because I thought that Hanks guy was funny in mm-hmm. a, in a, you know, broad, wacky comedy way. Um, although I thought Scolari was clearly the better actor. Yeah, he, he's got a future. Uh, yeah, exactly. He's going <laughs> places. Um, he's not just going to end up on the Disney TV show remake of Honey, We Shrunk the Kids. Exactly. No, no. No, no. Um, and, and cameos in his old buddies movies yeah. every time. Hey, where's the Scolari cameo in this one? Well, this isn't a Hanks movie. This is more of a Spielberg Whenever movie. Whenever Hanks throws him a bone. But, um, you know, to see Tom Hanks gradually over the next decade become Tom Hanks Tom freaking Hanks you know good for him I have no you know I'm not it's not like I, I resent it or I'm angry it's it's just it's not he's I would never have picked it you know I never would have foreseen that that guy on that sitcom would be our great you know our great actor but he he totally he totally earned it I wonder if it's just that he calmed down like if you're really gregarious and over the top and then you're calm later like when you just kind of get older Maybe you, you, it's the charisma and the timing in your eyes is still there, but you're less in your face about it. So you're just kind of charming. I don't know. Now, this scene, this scene, this scene just kills me because yeah. Giovanni's Ramesi's, you know, regret that he didn't talk to, you know, talk to his mom and he didn't tell his mom and yeah. things. It's just like, you know, and of course, that's never that's never going to get to because he's going to be dead yeah. in another 10 minutes. Spoiler. Um, and wonder, then, uh, and then, as he's dying, he's crying for his mother. Exactly, which just, is really heartbreaking, gut wrenching. And and so the, you know, and so again, this movie is this movie wants to be about the futility and the horror and the awfulness and the waste of war. Yeah. And later, it wants to be another movie, and that's again the the problem. And how well the, there's the there's the conversation that Tom Hanks was just having, like you said, where he's like, the only way I can get through this is to tell myself for every guy who dies here, I've saved the lives of 10 or 20 back yeah. home, you know? And the 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 movie is then like, yes, Tom Hanks, yes, you did. <laughs> you know, that's how it turns out in the end, as opposed to being like, yeah, you no, guess you no, never not really, really. Yeah, no, you Maybe your, someone. Yeah, your, maybe, but yeah. I don't know if that math This, this time you just got your nuts in a ringer and the math was all backwards this time. <laughs> yeah. That's just messed up, right? I wonder, like, I always wonder when I see, especially with Hanks, because he, when you look at the movies that he's clearly like, a producer on like he's kind of a big part of running the show and Spielberg's talking to him about other things other than just his part kind of movies that he works on you see a lot of like the same people Giovanni being one of them and they'd worked together on that thing you do a second ago I wonder to what extent these are like you know who should play this part though because Giovanni was in my movie and he fucking nailed it I think he could do this and Steven's like all right well sure whatever and it's just like he he gets the call up my buddies card with Spielberg I mean, obviously, Giovanni well, can handle it, but I also I just wonder to what extent that's him or Giovanni just sent in a tape like everyone. Uh, it's probably somewhere in between. I mean, they were probably both aware of Giovanni on on some level or at some point because they would probably went to the same parties and Giovanni was at those parties. Yeah, or but whatever. I, I think I think when when an actor 
when a couple of actors go directly from one movie to another, there's pretty clearly like, hey, you should at least look at this guy's tape going yeah. on, you know? And, and there's aspects, of, I mean, there's as much that happening on a casting director level as well, or an agent level, yeah. an agent going, I've got this guy, this guy you need to check out, and the agent does that to every yeah, really. production that comes I just, along. I just got my new guy into the new Hanks movie. If you want Hanks, you got to bring, you got to get my new guy in that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a package deal. You want Hanks? You got to take some Giovanni. Yeah, yeah. Well, which, it, which it, I mean, it's I mean, not like it's not like he didn't didn't totally you know pull uh pull his weight. No, he on did. That he scene. totally did. Yeah. So. Is it is it Rabisi part of a larger Hollywood family? His mom is somebody. His mom is yeah. an agent or something, isn't she? Yeah, I think his mom is an agent or a uh, casting director or something. His mom is lines. Ted Danson. Oh, that well, that makes sense. <laughs> Nepotism. Yeah, basically everybody in this in this movie is just they're related somehow. It's a whole thing. It's a, <laughs> Nobody in this movie has any actual talent. It's all nepotism. <laughs> so. Except for Jeremy Davies. That's right. <coughs> what are they talking about numbers now? I keep f- stopping paying attention to these conversations. <laughs> Damn it. We're just waiting for Matt Damon to show up. Yeah. Which is, I don't think, for like another 45 minutes or so. Yeah. Well, see, we... You want to bust out the Goldman piece? I wish we'll just read it. Let's yeah. <laughs> <Why laughs> yeah, just start narrating it. Why not? What's uh, let's see what's next? Well, we got to kill. Oh, we, no, we we haven't met uh, Mickey Mouse yet. All uh, right, we've got the Mickey Mouse Giovanni Ribisi scene, and then I think we're pretty much due for. Mickey, what do you mean by Mickey Mouse scene? The the, the guy who's trying the, to like fuck the, oh, the, fuck the it, like Mickey Mouse. Betty Love, Grable, what Betty Grable, what scams? Nice scams. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's heartbreaking just to remember that scene. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The uh, goddamn. This is what. Isn't this what like Oklahoma looks like at night? Yeah, except the, except the lights come from the, the clouds, not from the, the yeah. ground. Other than that, so but yeah, pretty much. There's like dry thunderstorms in parts of the South and in the Ozarks, uh, and like it's the, the, the middle of the Midwest too, where it'll be f- like two or three flashes of lightning every ten seconds, constantly. Just it's constantly going. Oh, and, and, the, and the it's not raining at all. The so it'll be like night. It'll be hot. There will be no rain. It'll be lightning everywhere. Dry, yeah. It's really, it's I was going to say, I cool. remember those from my Diamond City, Arkansas days. Yeah. Harrison. Ooh, Diamond City, Arkansas. Harrison City, or Harrison, Arkansas. Crust of humanity. <laughs> like, not like the 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 fine outer, it's outer not shell, like, just more like the part you discard because yeah, it's kind of It's the stuff that's still in the, in, in the casserole dish, even when you've scrubbed it like for two minutes. It's still there. Okay. It's not that, the that pepperoni kind of, of humanity. Yeah, yeah. The, part your, the, your ki- the part your kids don't like, so you have to cut it off their sandwiches. Yeah. Leland, <laughs> hey, that guy. Leland Orser. I, I wonder what his business card says. Like, <laughs> just... Ferret face. I can, I can do anything up to and including panic to the point where you are worried for me, the actor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. did, you, did you see me in uh, Seven? Saving Leland Orser. <laughs> so, was it you, Tink? Were you, you were you the one who was telling me about the documentary that's on Netflix called "The Guy Who Was in That Thing"? Yeah, yeah. Which yeah, is is Leland Orser in that? No, he, but he should be. He, he totally should could be. be. He absolutely could have been one of the. Neither guys. is a Tobolowski. He should have been. No, Tobolowski's not in it either, which is really unfortunate. But it is a bunch of guys. You're like, holy shit, that guy. That guy. Like Where's they actually guy? managed to do it because you know we know a lot about movies. We know a lot of those guys. We know a lot of character actor names and shit. There's a bunch of them that I I've seen them and I never knew their name. Like, holy god, that guy! Yay! You have a face. The documentary was kind of meandering, but yeah, it's it not cool. a well-made documentary. But it's at least it's a documentary of a really fascinating topic. You know, so 
So this is. Here's I this love guy. this scene this so much. Being, you didn't. It's like okay, you did. You, I get it, but you are being a dick. You realize that? <laughs> just one of the one of the Germans is just gonna go pop. Yeah, <laughs> I guess he's walking by. Just pow him in the face. You, I okay. I mean, you're. It's justified, I guess. But but again, he's he's kind of in a way he's wrong because those aren't Nazis. Those are those are German army. Don't they? Are, isn't that uh, an SS division? Don't they make a, a comment at some point? Oh, do they? Well, I, 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 if that's I, the I case, then okay, fine. But, I might be misremembering that, but wait. I feel like that happened. So here's here's yet another from the draft of the script that said war is pointless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's another scene from that draft. And a little bit on the nose. All this effort for one man. <laughs> well, you know, it's the kind of thing... In rewrite, you take this. You take that out. You know, you fix that. Unless you don't, man. But it's still a, it's still a plenty fucked up scene. Yeah, it's like that. The kind of looks like if you took some sandpaper to William Fickner and just kind of made him rounder and all the parts that are currently very pointy. That's kind of. The I feel like I feel like uh, it's the it's the other way. They you'd have to sand this guy down to get Fickner. Well, you have to. Yeah. Either way, it's. <laughs> Fickner is not okay for kids because there's a lot of pointy edges. <laughs> yeah. And for other things, but we don't talk about those in public because the, the impending court case. At least they hang a lantern on it. And again, it said Burns. who's like, yeah, that shit happens a lot. A lot of that going around. Yeah. Weird how that worked out. Did they really have to do the f- explain f- FUBAR scene? I don't, I don't think it's that well known. It's not, it's not well known. especially I, not there. Yeah. I, I didn't know it at the time. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, guess I, th- I think I think it came from World War II. Um, may have been an earlier one, but it's a, it is a military acronym. So, yeah, pull up Goldman. Goldman. Yeah, I forgot <laughs> the Goldman. I want to hear it. In fact, Trey, you want to read it? <laughs> I can read it. Trey can read it. I got to pull it up. We can take turns. Yeah, have a reader's theater. Do the voices. Do the voices. <laughs> I love it when he does the voices. <laughs> should I should I start from the beginning? Or? Where where are you finding it online? Yeah, it's online. <laughs> oh, it's if you, I can put it on my tablet as well. We can okay. each have a copy. If you, if I can oh, this will be fun. I can see the theater. link. We'll have a read off. Just just pay someone pay attention to the movie and just interrupt if interesting things start happening. <laughs> okay, so so where's the what's the link? It's on. Uh, on. Wait, if you link. just search for William oh, Goldman, okay. Private Ryan, you'll find it. It's, uh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm reading it it's... on the Acton blog. Oh well, all right. Well, then I don't have it up yet, so you you go ahead. Okay. Ah, my computer says things. Here we go. He says, the bullshit started early with this baby. (laughs) (laughs) I remember. No, no, he's talking about, this is again, this is an article about Oscar buzz. Yeah. List of movies. He's talking about the bullshit of, this is the Oscar winner movie, not the bullshit of the movie itself. That's a different thing. I remember these remarkable interviews being given on the talk shows during the standard pre-opening hype. Sort of like this. Ryan Hypist, I have to tell you the most important thing of all. Generic Katie, please. Jesus. Ryan Hypist. Well, this movie, it's um, violent. Generic Katie, nodding, fascinated. You mean bloody? Ryan Hypist, oh, yes. Oh, God, yes. Bloody, so much blood. People getting blown up, killed. I have to tell you all this, Generic Katie, because I would never want to mislead the audience. This movie is a bloodbath. Just so your audience knows that before they go. This movie is filled with battle scenes and gore and explosions and young men dying. Generic Katie moved. (laughs) Thank you for being so brave and honest with us. I know it must have been hard for you. 
And I am staring at the tube thinking, what is everybody smoking? <laughs> Let me put it another way. Let's say I'm hyping a remake of How to Marry a Millionaire, but instead of a frothy comedy with Bacall and Grable and Monroe, I've made a hard R version starring Cameron Diaz and Heather Graham and Catherine Zeta-Jones. Which I, I'm, I'm in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so in with that movie. I want a draft by Monday, please. Millionaire hypist. I have to tell you the most important thing of all. Generic Katie, please. Millionaire hypist. Well, this movie, it's um, sexual. <laughs> Generic Katie. You mean with nudity? Millionaire hypist. Oh, yes. Oh, God, yes. Passion. So much nakedness. People having orgasms. I have to tell you all this, Generic Katie, because I would never want to mislead the audience. This movie is carnal. Just so your audience knows before they go, this movie is filled with rapes and lesbianism and nipples and young women screaming with sexual pleasure. Generic Katie moved. (laughs) Thank you for being so brave and honest with us. (laughs) I know it must have been hard for you. Sex and violence are the twin items Hollywood most desperately wants most desperately to sell these awful days. That's why the Ryan hype was so fraudulent. Here's the kind of brave and honest hype you will never live to see. Hypist. I have to tell you the most important thing of all. Generic Katie, please. Hypist. Well, this movie, it's um, philosophical. Generic Katie, you mean with talk? <laughs> Hypist. Oh, yes. Oh, God, yes. Tons of conversation. <laughs> oh, yes. All of oh, it, God, yes. All of it dealing with pain and suffering and how to live on Earth without doing harm. I would never want to mislead your audience. This movie is intelligent. Just so your audience knows before they go, this movie is thought-provoking and deep and filled with the kind of wisdom we so need on Earth these days. Generic Katie, to herself, didn't believe one word. <laughs> Saving Private Ryan begins, as I'm sure everyone has told you, with an incredible battle sequence. Maybe that was true for them, but the version I saw sure began differently. A 15-second shot of old Gloria waving in the wind, with <laughs> Copland-like music in the background. Even John Wayne would have been embarrassed to start a movie that way. Hearts and flowers, God bless America, all that awful stuff. Today, only the Farrelly's could get away with something like that. Then there follows a weird sequence which I have subtitled, The Man with the Big Boobed Girls. (laughs) And I'm not being facetious. This old guy lumbers around someplace, we don't know where, and behind him are a bunch of Norman Rockwell types, but all I can concentrate on are these big boob girls who are tagging along. (laughs) Then we find that we're in a cemetery, and a shot of a flag tells us France. Lots of crosses... He kneels at a particular cross, weeps, some of the family run to him, the big boob ones hang back. Then a long shot of moist eyes, and as the camera moves slowly into a close-up of those eyes, we know this much, we are going into flashback now. The story that has moved this old man is about to be told. And now we are into the battle sequence. What's going on on screen? Just so I don't. Uh, they're figuring out what to move town. On. Yeah, this. They're, they're okay. figuring out what town Ryan is in, and they're getting ready. So they get, kind of got the information. Hand, and, yeah. Shaky hand gag here. Okay, what to say about it, the battle sequence. Fabulous, brilliant, extraordinary, whatever you want. And do you know why? The length, 24 minutes. The stuff itself is absolutely as good and no better than Francis Coppola's war stuff or Oliver Stone's war stuff. But here it just goes pulverizingly on and on. It was brave of writer Robert Rodat to write it that way and brave of director Steven Spielberg to direct it with that incredible relentless tension. What to say about Spielberg? For me, as great a shooter as anyone in movie history. Clearly the most important American director of the past 30 years, and on occasion the most brilliant. When he is in his wheelhouse. More on that presently. <laughs> as anybody reading this must know, Robert Rodat's story is about a squad of soldiers sent on a rescue mission to find a Private Ryan, a young soldier who has lost three brothers in action. 
Ryan, once located, is to be sent back home before another tragedy totally destroys the remains of his family. The last shot of the great battle sequence is a shot of a dead soldier named Ryan. Okay, so what the movie has to do is simple. Get the rescue squad going after the kid. The Spielberg of Raiders of the Lost Ark would have taken maybe a minute to set that up. Tom Hanks, the squad leader, would have been called into a commander's presence, told to find a private Ryan. Hanks would ask why, and the commander would say what you know, to make sure he does not die like his brothers. Get him home now and get him home safely. Those are your orders. Go. That is not a hard premise to set up. In this movie, it takes Spielberg 13 pretentious operatic minutes, an amazing length of movie time. Climax when a general reads a letter Honest Abe Lincoln wrote, which is so moving, sports fans. It brings (laughs) tears to the other high officers who are listening to the general. Sure. (laughs) Then, after more uninteresting stuff, 40 minutes into the movie, Hanks' squad finally sets off on their odyssey to find Private Ryan. And the hunt for him is just terrific. A word here, he will not win the Oscar, but Tom Sanders sure should. Great production design. Or, sorry, he will not win the Oscar, but Tom Sanders sure should. Um, Sequence after sequence. The village with the French girl and the sudden Nazis and the wrong Ryan. The church. The wounded area with the haunted pilot where they find out where Ryan might be. The bunker fight with the Nazi who Hanks releases, which is about to happen here. And wonderful work between Tom Sizemore and Ed Burns and Hanks. Then the fight with the tank, and offhandedly, surprisingly, they find Private Ryan. We are an hour and 45 minutes into the movie now. We've just had an hour plus of sensational storytelling, and I am so excited because I know what is going to happen now. They're going to take Ryan back, only it is going to be so much harder than finding him was. Maybe they would revisit some of the places. Would the pilot have killed himself? Would the French girl be killed by sniper madness? Would the madness of the entire enterprise come crashing down around them? The story was going to be like a great snowball, accumulating as it roared toward climax, gathering weight and size and emotional power as Hanks desperately tried to get the kid home to his shattered mother. And guess what? The rest of the movie is a disgrace. (laughs) 50 plus minutes of phony manipulative shit. Wow. (laughs) So, why don't we we hold it there? Yeah. (laughs) Until we get to the phony manipulative shit. Okay. (laughs) And then we can recap And then we'll jump jump onto what he has to say about it. Okay. Yeah, because we are about to get to a pretty great scene. That is really heartbreaking. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you can tell that he's really upset. Yeah. Because he was was so into it. You can tell. I'm having trouble... Make having my model of William Goldman be that vitriolic. <laughs> oh like, my oh, god, I I can't picture him being anything yeah. else. You should really you should watch him just on just in uh, the behind the scenes of like Butch Cassidy or even listen to his commentary. Oh my god, he goes off on just he just is rantavious on that thing about <laughs> about the state of Hollywood today. He, oh no, his essays. I mean, if you if you've read uh, you know the. Um, Adventures in the screen trade, that's one thing. But his yeah. essays, those premiere essays, he would just cut loose, man. Because that was what it, that was partly, you know, that was what they were paying him for is to like, you know, be controversial about stuff. So when he would like, oh my God, what he said about life is beautiful, what he said life is beautiful was a piece of shit and you know, broke that down as to why. You know, it was I I'm just to this day I've never seen that movie. But his his recap of it is hilarious. <laughs> just this like just you know, breaking it down piece by piece about why this is just this is I know you think this movie's good. Let me disavow you of that belief. <laughs> Let me just fix that in your brain because a, it's not. For a while there, Stephen King had a similar thing going on. He would write an article on the back page of Entertainment Weekly. He doesn't like, do that anymore. I don't think no, so. Not no, not in a while. But uh, those were also really fun. When you get when it you was good stuff. When you those, read yeah. um, like a really good writer who's just like blogging, basically, it's really it's it's fun to have a window into their personality because you don't actually know much about the writer when you're reading their books. 
Like you, you, you feel like you do, but it, you've never actually like talked to them. It's like an actor who you've never seen in an interview before, but you feel like you know them. It's like I've never actually seen this guy just be himself. And they're, I'm, I've been surprised multiple times by that. Stephen King also writes beautifully, and he's he gets mean and shits on things, and he, he cusses. I love him. I like Stephen. It, it, Stephen King is one of the. It's interesting because of the the uh, Entertainment Weekly essays. It's like I really like Stephen King's writing, except when he's doing Stephen King writing. When he's like writing novels, I don't really care for them anymore. But when he's just writing like a blog, yeah. I'm totally like I love this. Or his, <laughs> his, he'll write like in some of his books. He'll he'll write an afterword or a yeah, foreword. Right. Or he'll write little things about here's how I came up with this idea for the story it seemed very conversational and kind of like you just kind of want to hang out and yeah. go yeah so what's up steve how's it going stop talking about maine we get it yeah, <laughs> yeah. we know maine's a creepy place it's weird weird shit goes down in maine that's fine. maine is never going to happen steve so now this is a you know, very uh this is an interesting way of staging a scene by not staging it um, by by not by putting it all from by not Oppen's going into not, not by not shooting it, which is well, which is it's like it's okay. a very asylum esque way of you know, it's like if the asylum did this, you go oh what, how cheap you know, but it's like it's like no, it's genius. Well, <laughs> it's I think he get it's like well we did the we did the Normandy thing exactly. What yeah. do you want from us? You know we, the mic has been dropped. Yeah, yeah. you know we can, yeah. and, and then, so and then you get gonna... this fun little surprise like oh god damn it. No, I liked him. And he never makes it out of a Hanks movie without some sort of an injury. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, I can think of two examples. What uh, what other ones are there? I don't know. I can't think oh, of any. Okay, I can't even think anymore. So it's just, just like guys, Horvath fell down. Yeah. yeah. Thus far, with our two with our two uh, sample size, yeah. A trend has been set. Let's yeah. see if yeah. it continues. That's right. Now we've got you a, only need two data vector. points for a line. We've got a yeah. vector. <laughs> oh man! Just the idea of having to coordinate your own medical care yeah. in that <laughs> situation. Oh boy, and this is uh, we'll jump in and say this is some good, good, good medical work, good, uh, good prosthetic, good, yeah, good, good blood. So it's probably the sort of thing where like he's resting down more than we see, and that's a fake torso. Yeah, yeah they've got a little bit, but then they you know they just mix it up. They roll him over a little bit, very nice, you know, and do all that. This I I, but that's something you very rarely see. Is you know you see the hole, they wipe the blood off, and then more blood pumps out of right. the hole. Yeah, it, yeah, it's very realistic looking. Yeah, that's nasty. Oh, dude. You're fine. You're fine. Yeah, fine Listen, you're fine. You're I fine. am the medic. Yeah, <laughs> I know what that's in. Yeah, I've oh, said that bullshit before. Yeah. What is the powder? That's sulfa. the sulfa, which is which is before penicillin. That's the anti- like, a, like best, an antimicrobial sort of thing? best uh, antibiotic. Yeah, trying to not just disinfectant. Anti-infection. Yeah. This this is probably the most difficult death scene I've seen. Yeah. Uh, until uh, the one at the beginning of the gray. Yeah. I mean, oh, I mean, oh, yeah, all yeah. the ones in the gray are that's pretty rough, great, but that's a nasty one. That's there's, a really rough. There's one, one in last scenes, Downton Abbey, that's pretty hardcore too. Oh yeah, and and unfortunately because it's real. I mean, it's like you know, it's like oh, you would think that uh, you know, death is like oh, I'm gonna expire. I love you all. Ah. Yeah, but no, sometimes no, sometimes <laughs> sometimes they go down hard. So so this is definitely one of those. Yeah. I mean this is again this is the this is the movie that refuses to romanticize war yeah. as opposed to tell my mom I love her clunk. It's like yeah. no this this is how it goes down. So yeah. Tell my mom except, I've done my best. Except yeah. the tell my mom I love her moment that's what Hanks's death is. Exactly. He yeah. gets that he gets that moment instead. So it's like coming from a completely different movie. But this is yeah this is just meant to make you just Oh, Tom, it's already in. You don't have to <laughs> he like he like hits the he he kept, he, he puts him with the needle and he just kind of like humph like yeah. settles down onto it like this sucks thunk and then he just like leans on it thoughtfully 
Yeah, that's a needle. You could you could yeah. you could take it out before you thump. <laughs> yeah, then that that in itself is a, is a pretty amazing little moment where they because they've already established that like you know you don't want to give you don't give a guy three morphine ampules unless you want to kill him. Yeah, they're G- like give oh. him a third one. <laughs> right, yeah. give, give, third give, one. give him the third one. Give him four. Give him all of them. Yeah. Just keep them coming. Oof, boy. My, my friend's dad used to be a doctor. He's retired now. And um, he is he's, and the he's way getting they... poppies so he can make his own laudanum. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Wow. I know. It's like, of all the things, like you could like be growing like opium or like weed or something. He's like, I want to make laudanum. I want to. I say, I, th- I think I want to have like a bottle of that around. That's that's, sure. that's a hipster drug addict right there. <laughs> yeah, really. Like I'm into laudanum. You've probably never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's pretty. It's pretty 18th century. Mm, Jesus. Bye, Giovanni. Yeah. <laughs> and then just this suddenly this turns into this Lord of the Flies thing. You yeah. Know, just, again, don't, don't usually see that in a war movie. Um, yeah, they're basically like, fuck us, fuck you then. Yeah, okay. So we're just we're just lost our shit now. We just don't know what the hell's going on. Going full full metal jacket over here. Trey, yeah. did you ever learn to speak German like fluently? It, semi-fluently. I, I learned to, I, I got to the point where I could sort of I could understand it. I couldn't necessarily come up with words in, at conversational speed, but I could understand things being said to me. Right, right. Yeah. So I, you know, and I, I sound like an idiot when I would try to talk back, but uh, that's yeah. about where I've ever gotten with Spanish. Yeah, I'm like, I, I understand three, what you just said. I've tried <laughs> three times. All yeah. I can do is listen to Sublime, but I can't sing it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, one of my, uh, one of my funny, I think one of my best uh, stories about that is real brief. is um. I'd been in Germany for months and months and months, and uh, the project had finally finished. And the boss of the company, who I hadn't seen since I left for Germany like four months earlier, came to see the grand opening of the project. And uh, and so I we're all I bumped into him in the lobby of the hotel where we all were, and uh, and uh, he says, "Hey, hey, there you are. How you doing?" And I'm like, "Hey, man. So yeah, got it done." And he said, uh, "He said you've been here a long time, haven't you?" And uh, and just then my phone rang. I had a had a handy. As uh, as they call the the cell phone, and it was my German girlfriend. <laughs> um, so, but the uh, phone my phone rang, so I was like, "Oh, I'm, you know, pick up the phone," and then proceeded to have like a four or five sentence conversation, completely in German, right, with my girlfriend on my German cell phone. Then I put it back in my pocket, and I said, "I'm sorry, what did you just say?" He looked at me with a big grin and said. I said you've been here a long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I guess, yeah, a little bit. <clears throat> extraordinary claims require extraordinary yeah, evidence. Maybe I've gone a little native. Sure, why not? But, I was uh, In the chat room, Zarban says, Trey worked on the motion control ride for the Holocaust Museum. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> it's true. Dude, you just got Dorkman to go, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Too much for Dorkman. I was uh I was phone banking for the 2010 midterm elections and the way it works sometimes is everybody goes to like one person's house and you all have like a laptop that kind of dials through things automatically and you all just kind of sit around different tables and and call different people. Uh it's <laughs> so, fun. Like yeah, to do. That's not a, the funnest thing in the world, but um you do it sometimes. You sit around uh, and do a different accent for every call. Well, no, it, you know, and a lot of times as will happen in a place like this, you get somebody who doesn't speak English and usually that person in fact speaks Spanish and it's easy enough to say, you know, Habla inglés, no, uh, gracias, and, you know, adios. Very easy to do. Uh, but one time I got a woman in Russian who spoke Russian, and all I know of, the only words I know in Russian are uh, spasiba, thank you, uh, dasvidaniya, goodbye. 
uh, and well, those will get you through. And like yeah. and like two weird cuss words. But I but I don't know how to say you know. Do you speak English? Except I do because of Hunt for Red October. <laughs> because there's a line Nuparoski, which is do you speak Russian or you know. Uh, speak the language or whatever it was. Right. So I was actually able to say, you know, uh, once I realized she was speaking Russian, say, Nuparaski, da, okay, spasiva, <laughs> And that that was the entirety of the conversation. But you but felt like a badass. You did it. Everybody else around the table went, right, you know Russian? <laughs> it's like, those are literally That's the five right. words I know. That's it. That's right. Dig me. Hang on, I got a guy here who speaks Russian, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> yes, but we don't need their votes. No. <laughs> That's how you get through that one. <laughs> I like this move on. I like this move on the Germans' part where they're pulling him out to go shoot him, and he goes running back. No, no, I want to dig the grave. No, yeah. no, I no, really no. Do. The grave is not done. Look at this. Mickey, I'm Mickey Mouse. I like America. Fancy schmancy. What a stench. I love <laughs> go it. Go fly a kite. Uh, cool he, beans. he just starts ranting in memes. <laughs> yeah, he's throwing out that. he's throwing out 40s memes. This is Lion what, Cat. I should buy a boat. This is what <laughs> 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 That is what it would be. I can house cheeseburger. <laughs> I love America. I can house cheeseburger. One does not simply walk into Mordor. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> Sean Bean dies every time, yes? <laughs> Ten guy. Oh. <laughs> and then I love the part where he tries he's trying to sing the anthem but he only sort of knows the one line so he just sings it over yeah. and over again to the tune right. yeah. I know so many people who sing so many songs that way yeah <laughs> now see and that's and that's the thing is is this guy this guy is this guy could it's not like it's not like he's faking this yeah. is totally right. realistic he's again he's German army he's like fuck Hitler I don't you know I right. don't care seriously fuck that guy I didn't say you know you know what we ought to do? We ought to go to France and take over that country. That's what I, you know, it's like, I didn't decide to do that. Not my call. Yeah. Probably the most disturbing aspect of the Pacific is there are multiple instances where they just do not concern themselves with taking prisoners Yeah, the at thing all. is, yeah, the thing is in the Pacific is different because there's the whole Japanese issue, which works both ways because the Japanese did not see... Caucasians as human, yeah, and acted accordingly sometimes. Or anybody other than Japanese, exactly, and yeah, even Chinese or Korean, and and that incited the Americans to retaliate to just brutal, the same. Yeah. So it's you know that was a, a you, know, you didn't that was a far more brutal theater, you know, and 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 because of the conditions of it, you know, prisoner taking didn't happen much on either side that, very yeah. much. It was like no, no, we. If you if you live to be you know live all the way to the end of the battle, then then we just execute you. That's how that works. Yeah, it's so every well, scene, and, every and as they show in you know uh, letters from Iwo Jima, although certainly that's probably not all that culturally sensitive. Um, there there's also the aspect of certain aspects of the culture where it's like if I survive to the end of the battle, I have disgraced everything that I stand yeah. for anyway. And then, yeah, and didn't win. So, yeah, then yeah. you know then fuck it. Um. Yeah, because we we get scenes like this, you know. Obviously, I like the fake right? out with the blindfold, where yeah. they're like. By the uh, way, when the blind, when the when the when the blindfold goes on, that's when I freak out. That's yeah. where I'm like, oh god, oh god, oh god, oh yeah. god, oh god, oh god. And then they're like, nope, get walking. What? <laughs> yeah. And then of course the whole time, if you're that guy, you're just like, they're just gonna shoot me in the back. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, this is some trick. So yeah, this is where Ed Burns is just flat out going, okay, look. And what's crazy is this I, is some bullshit, right? I hadn't ever considered that. 
the whole Ed Burns is actually the hero thing, but there have been conspicuous shots of him in yeah. like every yes. scene. Seriously. Where it's, like, it totally works. It's like they changed their mind at the end and said, no, the guy at the cemetery should be Ryan. Like, like it's... Yeah, it, it's people such talk a about ending. the the cook from Red October shot. Yeah, yeah. This is, yeah. the Ed Burns in Saving Private Ryan is so much more blatant <laughs> and consistent. There's multiple shots of and it, and it's happening. the opposite because it's not indicating anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It makes perfect sense. Sure, it's just Ed Burns. I mean, you're you're pretty sure he's gonna die at some point because he's like, well, he's not Mister Gung Ho down with the mission. You know, he's he's he just he's not. And it's like again, not many, not many movies will go to this point. Like, okay, now, okay, wait, hold up, what's going on now? Now everyone's just going nuts. Everyone's just losing their shit. You got Jiminy Cricket over here, just <laughs> yeah, getting up in everyone's face about it. By the way, have you noticed that Barry Pepper have said y'all got that right like four times? Mm-hmm. Y'all got that right. Apparently, that's his thing. <laughs> Tom Sizemore, why are you so scary? It's something w- in his eyes. His eyes like reflect reflect like differently or something. Like he's just <laughs> they're too shiny. He's just got the eyes, man. You know, I'm gonna update my opinion here on things. I think Edward Burns is maybe one of the biggest badasses of all time. To even in a pretend situation <laughs> be able to stand in front of Tom Sizemore holding a gun at him and not act like Stone he's about faced. to shit his pants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're we're gonna do the two shot dance. Like like in the single. Tom Sizemore isn't actually holding the gun. <laughs> yeah. He's got like maybe a bouquet of flowers or something like that. Can Tom just hold some flowers off camera? Yeah, okay, that's fine, Ed. And then his Sizemore, it's like they've got like a big paper target in front of Sizemore. <laughs> this but, is okay. We're gonna, today we're gonna do the two shot, Ed. Oh, okay, okay, I'm good. I've been prepared. That's all right. I'm ready. Okay, call, it's nice. We well, we've been using ILM, right? We yeah. can <laughs> we can do. But a split they like street. do baby steps. So the first thing is it's 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 Tom Sizemore with a squirt gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, it's great. <laughs> and then one of those things that just shoots out a flag that says "bang." <laughs> Work your way up to the. <laughs> it's that lighter from okay. the Woody Allen movie. And th- th- at that point, you just wonder when it stops. Like maybe they're not done with the handgun. Maybe it moves on to the bazooka. <laughs> you. So in this scene, Tom Hanks basically diffuses the situation the same way like we were talking about with with Spielberg and Nathan Fillion. He's like, "Let's talk about something else." Yeah, right. And then I'll and I'm like, "What if what if Spielberg took aside Nathan Fillion and he just did like this monologue?" He was like, "You know, I'm a school teacher back home." And <laughs> <laughs> you know what's really crazy? <laughs> and Fillion's like, "What the hell is going on?" Everyone thinks that uh, you know my wife Kate Cashaw. <laughs> yeah. I hate that cunt. I really do. She's a bitch. I hate her. She just screams stand. all the time. I don't know. What, I don't know what her deal is. She's always bringing in owls and screaming. I don't know. Sometimes it's a very high pitched scream, and sometimes it's an oddly low one. It's really weird. <laughs> you, you know, I used to be married to Amy Irving. She's pretty cute, but uh, no, no. But I had to do the. Catch, but look, huh? if we get through this monologue and that earns me the right to get back to my synagogue, <laughs> it'll be worth it. <laughs> if that earns me the right to get back to my home in the Hollywood Hills, <laughs> so be it. Yeah, this is and, and this Philly's, is and Philly just like nodding, like um, yeah, yeah, that makes yeah, total sense. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. All right, I'm ready. I'm ready. Whatever, whatever I was thinking about, it's not that anymore. Yeah, morbid so and creepifying, I got no problem with. <laughs> let's do that. I don't even know why I said that line, but someday it'll mean something. So again, again, the movie, the movie hasn't stopped being the movie yet. Yeah, the, the movie is still right on track. The movie is like Tom Hanks saves the situation by going, "Guys, it's all fucked up." Yeah. Okay, just roll with the fact that all of this is fucked up. But yeah. it's about to. I mean, it's the been said hour 45, we're at yeah. an hour 42. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, we're, we're about to... Uh, we're close. Saving, finding Ryan is the next beat. That's Li- the next thing that's going to happen. Yeah, literally, the the flag in the sand on that whole monologue was, look, uh, this is fucked. <laughs> yeah. I totally know this is fucked, and there's no way to unfuck it. 
I'm doing this because if I do this, maybe they'll let me go home. If I can yeah. get through this without dying, maybe they'll let me go home, and that's the only thing that matters. If you want to go be a hero and think war means something, is something bigger than all of that, then you go do it. I'm just trying to get home. That's yeah. his monologue. Then. And, and then... And then, yeah. the exact opposite <laughs> for the rest of this movie. And suddenly, no more Paul Giamatti. No. Mm. Yeah, that's him. the movie's real failing is criminally underusing <laughs> Paul Giamatti. That's every movie's failing, like, really. That's right. <laughs> that's not... except, for, except for Shoot 'em Up. Yeah. Oh, shoot 'em Up turns him loose. <laughs> yeah. And I, and totally, I can't I, complain. Totally makes that w- movie worth watching for me. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like Red Hots or Mike and I. It's like it's chewy and it's weird and it sticks in your teeth, but you do want it. You do want it. And there is a limit to how much you yeah. can actually take. <laughs> and like years but later, you want to push it... yourself right to the edge. Oh, yeah. Years later, you we'll find out that each other. You, you don't like know what that limit is until you realize you've passed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had two Giamatti. <laughs> oh, I'm over giamatti <laughs> So here we are, and this we're about to go into uh, another one or two. Is uh, the whole the whole battle of uh, with the tank is a one <clears throat> So one of these cuts is just going to turn into the rest of the scene. What else has like he been in? I'm going to check this out. He's been, he's been in the... Yeah. And he, Not he, just his own stuff, though. He's been in yeah, other things, yeah. too. He was on Entourage for a while, like, his recurring. Yeah. Well, that's fun. This, yeah, this is, is this insane. Insane. Yeah, we're in the shot now. Yeah. Wow, I haven't seen any of these movies. <laughs> he was one in... missed call for the brothers McMullen. Was She's it? the yeah. one. They're all, all, all on iTunes, I think, so... Um, But... Oh, here's the one. Now we're in the winner. But he... But he's in some heist movie that was actually pretty fun. Um, might have been called The Heist. Um, but uh, I remember he was in some caper kind of movie that was uh, pretty good. Hmm. Yeah, I, I he's just... often some of these romantic lead guy, you know, he does those. He's a good yeah, guy. I, I just know that I hit... Whoa. Jesus. Yeah. I just, yay! They use enough dynamite Keep rolling, there, keep rolling. Yeah, keep rolling, keep rolling, keep rolling. Did you get it? Did you get it? That just wasn't even up, supposed to just... fucking happen. Just Jesus. keep going. Just, just keep shooting. Get that new guy, Matt Damon, in there somewhere. Matt Damon came out of nowhere too. That's so. What a, this what is was a very a, early movie for him too. It wasn't his first movie, but it yeah, was early. Goodwill Hunting was ninety five, but he was in wasn't Chasing Amy. Was, he had like he uh, was, was ninety six, I think. Uh, yeah, he was in Chasing Amy, but he didn't say anything. And he was in uh, Courage Under Fire, which is actually a really, that's right. Yeah, really that, good that movie. was his first first thing. Yeah, what was where was he in? In uh, Chasing like Chasing when when uh, when. Oh God! What are their names? Holden and uh, Brody? No, that's the other one. Whatever. When Ben Affleck and Jason Lee are in there, and the guys are trying to pitch them to do uh, Blood Man and Chronic. Oh yeah, Bank- yeah, Banky, yeah. And uh, it's it's the guy from Clerks who's talking, but right behind him is just <laughs> Matt Damon being the heavy. He's well, because like, he's like the studio flunky in yeah, the background. Yeah, because yeah. he and uh, he and Kevin Smith are actually really good friends. All of the, well, Kevin, yeah, him and, and uh, Smith Ben Affleck. And Affleck, Affleck yeah. yeah. So that's why they were in Dogma right around the time that they were winning an Oscar for Goodwill Hunting, just completely. Yeah, and uh, off to the side. It sort of worked for Matt Damon the whole time. Ben Affleck. I <laughs> like how the camera's like this guy. Yeah, guy. Were, wait. Uh, okay, the camera's like, wait a sec. That was whoa. That's Matt Damon, guys. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look who's here, <laughs> Matt Damon. It's the guy from the hey. Born Identity. <laughs> whoa, cool. I do. I do like the aspect. It, the the one aspect where it's or it's coming in and they're like yeah we're here to take you home and he's like eh I didn't and they're all pissed at him like, we're fucking killed him. I didn't tell you to do that yeah. like, I mean, why that, are you mad at me yeah we that were ragging on him earlier but I do totally get that his much point makes of sense view. yeah yeah because yeah, Tom Hanks is talking about if I just do my job they'll let me go home 
And Private Ryan still has that mindset, even yeah. though he's being told something else. Like, no, listen, yeah. I have he's a being job. told he has a free ticket home. Yeah, yeah. but I lo- I do love that one shot at the end after the shot you're talking about, where the camera goes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It cuts to the rest of Tom Hanks's squad, and they're just like, "Fuck, this fuck you, this guy. I hate you so there much." There he is. Right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, now I have a face to hate. <laughs> okay, that's great. It's like, it's like so, yeah, so so yeah. I mean, you, at, at this point, Ryan's very sympathetic. You know, a sympathetic character because he doesn't know that this has happened. He doesn't, yeah. It's not his fault that these guys have been sent or anything like that. He has no idea about any. And of this he stuff. didn't grin and sprint away from the war. Yeah, like, he doesn't. Yay, he doesn't, peace. He doesn't even know that his brothers are dead until now, and it's all you know. It's all going to be explained to him, and for him to go. Well, geez, this is just messed up. But um, <laughs> tell tell your guys not to hate me because hell, I didn't uh, I didn't bring them out here. Man, is it is it you, Trey? That's talked about uh, his monologue that he gives a little later about his last night when all well, of his that's brothers like, were home. Probably again from from, Gold, exactly. from Goldman, from Goldman yeah. Because uh, I mean, well, two things about the monologue: one is it's improvised; it's not scripted. Okay, it's, it is him improvising that story. Um, two, it's 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 a a goof. Because he tells the story and he says, because he's improvising, he says that was the last time we were all together. But that contradicts what the general said about when they were all when together. When they went to last. boot camp, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so that's just a little uh, goof. And the third thing is, and this is what I like about it, although Goldman, Goldman, I think, didn't like it, is that I thought, you know, that, that, that's sort of what I just cross like, this guy's kind of a douche. Wait, <laughs> you that know? guy in the middle. He, he's, uh, yeah, he's been in things. Is that? He's familiar. Oh, that no, that looks like the uh, How I Met Your Mother guy. That's 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 one thing. Uh, Josh uh, Radner. Yeah. No, no. Um, and the the Muppets. The Muppets guy. Oh, Jason Segel. Yeah. Jason Segel. Yeah. Is that? that are you no. sure? I'm pretty sure. Okay. Pretty sure. Pretty sure. Pretty sure. But um, we're like we're like walking <laughs> through a cave and just Jason Segel's like written on the wall. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> but I like the. But I, but I like I pretty liked sure. again if the movie was going to commit to the you know what it has been until you know this very scene. Yeah. Um, that yeah, we, he's not even a good saving guy. Private Ryan. He's not even that. Gr- he's not like a good person. Yeah, he's just he's literally a propaganda tool. You know, the army wants him for a propaganda tool. So you know, or an or not just to avoid bad propaganda or bad you know publicity. Like yeah, the entire Ryan family got no, no. We got the he here he is on a war yeah. bond. You know, they're gonna put him on a war bond tour when he gets home and selling war bonds to orphans and widows and you know you know that's that's what the point is. And and so the you know the idea that he tells this really horrifying misogynistic story <laughs> is like is appropriate because you got to go yeah he's a fucker you know he's he's not worth saving as a person he's a symbol that's what this is about well I w- I would agree with you if I thought it was intentional I unfortunately don't think I don't think so I think he's yeah. literally trying to tell a funny story yeah about- and the misogyny is just you know happenstance yeah. which and is nobody not, and no, none of the cares. men around noticed yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's, went, not, that's um, not quite as awesome that's no no we shouldn't are we supposed to like him <laughs> yeah that's awesome man all in one take nice job yeah, and it is, I, and it's, and it's seemed, it, you it sure is, seemed like you were having fun. I wasn't and listening, it's, and but. it's period appropriate. I mean, it's like you know that, that doesn't doesn't make him a rapist because he told that story. That makes him you know the a 40s, dude from the Midwest in the in the forties. Yeah. You know that's fine. And this is he redeems himself a little bit here, where he's like, "Look, I I'm you know I didn't make you come out here, but I'm sorry that you lost some guys. You know, it wasn't wasn't like I asked you to come out. So that's all cool. But we're about to have the moment where. Uh, and I'd like to see the first draft versus the twelfth draft of this movie <laughs> mm-hmm. to see if, in fact, this movie was a little more committed to what it seems to be committed to. Hey, look, another thematic statement that's not going to pay off. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, <laughs> it's like even he's going. War doesn't make any sense. Let me tell you about that. And they don't. There's no moment where Tom Hanks thinks about it in terms of 
earlier he talks about if I do my job, maybe they'll let me go home. If they stay there and don't bring Ryan back, he's not following the orders that were given. So what is his idea of how the rest of the scenario is going to play out after the battle? The general or the colonel will go to him and he's like, listen, I gave you orders. <laughs> you didn't follow them. I'm not letting yeah. you go home. Fuck I li- you. I like the part. Participate orders, asshole. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm enjoying the part. He's like, what am I supposed to tell your mother when I go home and say he wouldn't come? And he, he does the thing that I was, I, I stayed and I, I fought with the only brothers I had left. I think she'll understand. It's like, okay, then what am I supposed to tell my commanding officer <laughs> yeah. who did give me a direct order? That's right. Again, it's like, I, again I, would, I would love it if that was, and I don't think it was meant that way, unfortunately, but I would love it if Hank was just like, okay, what card can I play? Yeah. What mind game can I play? You know, your poor grieving mother is back home. We know whatever it takes, get in the yeah. truck, dude. Come on. Just punch him out and drag him by yeah. the ankle. Well, that's that he would be he would be within his rights to do that. Like Luke did. So, so here we are. So we're into this. I mean, literally, just he just said, Ryan just said, no. And Hanks is stumped. <laughs> he, he, he doesn't know what to do now. This is above Hanks's pay grade. Yeah, this is his I why well now what, Sarge? So this is this is this scene this scene this scene especially is what set Goldman off. Just where they're trying within in this scene to try and in this Let's, yeah, should uh, I, yeah, shall let's I take pull, off on yeah. that? Okay, pull up again. Go ahead and read it while it's happening so, yeah. on screen. Things start going south immediately. (laughs) We are in a bombed French village, which has a valuable bridge. Hanks tells Ryan to get ready, and Ryan, Matt Damon, says this. He doesn't want to go. Sure, his mom has suffered. Sure, it's awful what's happened to his family, but these guys are his brothers now, and he will not leave them. (laughs) Do you believe that? Do you believe that a young man who has just been informed his family has been devastated, that his mother has had grief overpowering poured on her, would say, hey, I'm sure mom will understand, but I want to stay here in the mud with my buddies? Barely. I can kind of make a case that Ryan is young and in such shock and feels so guilty at his good slash bad fortune, he really at that moment wants to stay. Okay, I go with that. Then the first nail in the coffin... Hanks goes along with it. Hey, what a neat idea. I'll stay too. Inconceivable, as Vizzini would say. (laughs) Before I get to how it's done in the movie, let me make a parallel. This is the one I just earlier said. Let's say you and I were given a sworn task by our father to make sure little Matt next door gets to school that day. Our most important task on earth is to make sure that happens. Okay. We go to little Matt's house, tell him to come along, and he says this. My best friend in the world is visiting me today. I won't go. And you and I think about it and decide we have only two choices. One, to let him stay home. Two, to stay home with him. (laughs) Take a second. That makes sense? Are those the only two choices available? How about adding a third? Bringing the little fucker to school. In an awful, awful scene, after Matt has stamped his foot in anger, Hanks and Tom Sizemore, the tough sergeant, have a talk. Sizemore asks what Hanks' orders are, and Hanks replies thusly, Sergeant, we have crossed some strange boundary here. The world has taken a turn for the surreal. And I am sitting there thinking, no, nothing surreal about it. A simple request has been made that needs a simple answer. Sizemore tells Hanks this, some part of me thinks the kid's right. What's he done to deserve this? If he wants to stay here, fine, let's leave him and go home. And Hanks says, yeah. And I say, where did the notion of leaving him and going home come from? Surely it has never been breathed on planet Earth before. 
what are you talking about? Then Sizemore hits him with the clincher. But another part of me thinks, what if by some miracle we stay and actually make it out of here? Someday we might look back on this and decide that saving Private Ryan was the one decent thing we were able to pull out of this whole god-awful shitty mess. We do that, Captain. We all learn the right to go home. So they stay. Sizemore's speech might have made sense earlier when they were having the fight about staying or going home before they had found Ryan. You know the worst thing? It would have been easy to have them stay and not be phony about it. Yeah, this it. is the part that really it really blows me away. That, yeah. Like they, they, This could have been so easily not this way and, and, and had exactly the same events happen. Yeah. How? Try this. Matt makes his pitch. Hank says, I understand your emotions, but we're out of here right now. Next cut, they're leaving the village. Next cut, they're crossing the bridge. Next cut, walking in the countryside. And then a close-up of Hank's, and he stares, and guess what? The Germans are coming. They're here. It's too late to leave. Next cut, exactly what we have now, and go on as before, only with more urgency and without the awful manipulation. Fixed. Yeah. Done. Yeah, yeah really. Little, subheading. The ugly tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we must, let's save that because we haven't we had the ugly that? tree Okay, yet. okay. It's we'll coming that. up. We'll save that till he starts giving that speech, and then the I'll let you know what Goldman has to say yeah. about that. Now, see, but so other than the justification for what's happening now in the movie, the movie is the movie is still doing fine if you can ignore the the silly reason why these these events are happening. Yeah. But you know, I'm just to say the, the no reason. That these <laughs> yeah. Are happening. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying the total the you know, existing reason that uh, you know these these guys these well the rest of the guys there this is this is their yeah. their orders to hold this position so fine. But why we as the movie are still with exactly them. and you know if we had just found a better smarter not so contrived reason for our guys to stay and not take Brian take take Brian with them then. This is great. You know, this is the quintessential, you know, Batting down get, getting ready for the big battle and what have we got and, you know, making our little crazy plans and, and you know, it's it's all beautifully done. Sticky bombs. Sticky sticky bomb. It's in the handbook. Sticky bomb. Sad face. Fuji face. <laughs> She's good. Yeah. Oh, they're all going to get gangrene. Yeah. Gonna they're going to all get gangrene. Trench foot. Going to get trench foot. They're going to cut their toe on something. And then the <laughs> next day, they will have five legs. <laughs> what is gangrene? Five legs? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gangrene is... Um, no, I was kidding. I, I think gangrene is caused yeah. by a lack of blood flow, and the tissue just yeah. literally just dies. Mm. It goes, well, you go septic, yeah. 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 I always thought it was... like I thought... I'd never seen it spelled when I was a kid. I thought it just meant like, oh... Things when, turn green things or whatever. Turns green, yeah. Yeah. You know, oh shit, he's gone... Like 10 people got gan orange. Yeah. <laughs> he's gone gan blue. I don't know if Odin can have Odin's sleep. I, I want to have. That's it. right. Then you can have gangrene. So the movie is this. There's some beautiful. First of all, talk about your production design. God damn. Did, did production set, design win? I'm gonna go check. That's amazing. Um, that's a good question. <coughs> but um, I believe it. Did. You were fucking wrong, Goldman. <laughs> yeah, totally. Should have. You no, know, he singled out this. The no, the, he the he said design. he wasn't gonna win. So if he does win, yeah, it's then, like yeah, yeah, yeah fuck you. You know nothing. Well, it depended. We don't know. We, have, we, did, we need to look up what else was up that year. That's true. Um, I'll check that out. But here we go. So for the, at the Academy Awards, it won, looks like, five. It won Best Cinematography. Yeah. Uh, John Oosh, Best Director, Best Sound Effects Editing. Sure. Gary Rydstrom. What up? Best Film Editing and Best Sound Mixing. It was nominated but did not win for Best Actor for Hanks, Best Art Direction, yeah. Best Makeup, mm. Best Original Dramatic Score. Did, 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 wait, wait, did, wait, wait, wait. Did they put dramatic in the... Yeah, did they do, used to have, they have like comedy best score? comedic score? Yeah, yeah what is uh, best picture and maybe, best screenplay? Maybe they used to separate it from musicals back when those were a thing. No, no. Okay, then I don't know. 
But I'll see what else was up that year. But no, it did not win Best Picture. Or, uh, let's see. Yeah, it, it didn't win Best Picture or Best Screenplay. 98, what would have been Best Picture? Was that, was that Shakespeare uh, Shakespeare Love? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which also you should read Goldman's assessment of Shakespeare in love. <laughs> oh man, Just, he, I remember one of his lines is, "It's the least funny comedy I've ever seen." <laughs> That's one of the great lines he says about it. I've, I've actually never seen Shakespeare in love. It's oh, really? it's a movie I that actually it's there's a lot of great stuff in it, and it's I like it. It's not like oh I want to see Shakespeare in love, um, but it is it's it's. Yeah, best picture was Shakespeare in Love. Yeah, Shakespeare in Love. Best actor, that was the Roberto Bernini year. With the sh- there like you go. So yeah, oh, so this is probably oh, the same. Then this would be for Life is Beautiful. Yeah. So, oh, so in that so same essay, this. in that same essay is where he totally reams. He just Life shat is beautiful. on the world that year. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, well, it was shocking. He goes, you know, it was an, it was. That's why I really started to pay attention to his essays because he, in one essay, he said Saving Private Ryan, not so much. Life is beautiful, piece of shit. Shakespeare in Love, meh. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "What? What are you saying? What are you talking about?" It was about? also the year that I don't want to miss a thing. Didn't win Best Original Song. Oh, that's too bad. So Armageddon. That was Armageddon. The Armageddon year. year. Yeah, the one that won. So was... what were the other two? What were the other two best pictures that year? Uh, the best pictures were Elizabeth, Elizabeth. Life is Beautiful, The Thin Red Line. Thin Red Line. Oh, mm, Terrence okay. Malick's. Okay, there you go. I actually saw The Thin Red Line in theaters. Yeah. I remember, so, but. Oh no, no, I didn't. I saw Enemy at the Gate, and I got them. <laughs> oh, that's a cool story. Can you tell again? Do you have time? <laughs> well, well, Enemy at the Gate is Sorry. the is the one about the Russians, the Jude Law one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is it's, it's a there's a there's a movie about the futility of war. Yeah. that commits. Not to be confused with Behind Enemy Lines with Owen Wilson. Yeah, right. with Danny Glover. But but um, I I, I kind of like Enemy at the Gate. Actually, I just rewatched that recently. I have, I don't think I've ever seen that one. Ed Harris is the German sniper. That you want to talk scary, yeah. <laughs> dude. Ed Harris and Tom Sizemore arguing with each other. Hello. Like you'd start to, it'd be the sort of thing where like, it's like when you're arguing with a God and the room starts shaking, like that's what would happen. Just the table would start, like the wine bottle just starts like sliding across because the vibrations are so intense. And then one of them blinks and the room explodes. Okay. We're about to the, we're about to the ugly tree. I gotta, I gotta say that a scene like this, uh, I think it's, I'm guessing it's pretty easy to be an actor in a scene like this where you're like, yeah. okay, we got this entire bombed out town. We're in our costumes, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah let's talk about let's just German music or whatever. Through. Yeah. Just translating Edith Piaf song. I, I, I imagine it's very easy to put yourself in that moment <laughs> in yeah. this in this uh, setting. I don't know what those two Italian ladies were singing about. <laughs> And also, I wonder. I wonder who randomly finds it like terrifying. Like, I think Spiel, probably somewhere inside of Spielberg, there's still the aspect where he's like, I, "This is all hanging on me." <laughs> like, we we <laughs> built a city block, and it's all hanging like, on me. Like, right now. Oh, like yeah. the, there is no amount of ego big enough to not be freaking out. Yeah, I feel I, like that's probably. Well, true, I don't. But. I don't think you can be that successful or that skilled without holding on to that sense of terror. Right. If you're overconfident to the point where you don't have that sense of terror. Eventually, you implode. Yeah. Now see, now, see, Ed Burns' story is no less misogynistic than anyone else's yeah. story. And I'm, I would not be surprised at all if it's also an improv. I mean, Ed Burns has written and directed his own movies by yeah. this point. So it's like, you know, you could easily see like, okay, just you guys just hang out. You know, Ed, you come up with some story. You know, t- they teach Jeremy uh, Jeremy Davies the lyrics to the EFPF song and let him just interpret those. And, you know, and just, all right, guys. Look, it's magic hour. We're just gonna bullshit until the sun goes down. Let's get some. Let's get a scene. So, yeah, you know, and it it feels certainly feels that way, you know, and it's great. 
Yeah, actually, if you watch Tom Sizemore, you can kind of see that he's just bored. Yeah, he's, he's, he's <laughs> totally in the moment. He's just, well, do my fingernails, I guess. Yeah. Why is he? Does he have nerve damage? Is that what it was? It's just nerves. It's, yeah, that he's, he's cracking. Battle fatigue. PTSD. Yeah, before we had a name for it. Yeah. Well, PTSD. first it was shell shock. Shell then shock. it was battle oh, yeah. fatigue. <laughs> yeah. Then it was PTSD. Then George Carlin died. Yeah. <laughs> it was a sad day. There's actually a um, an HBO special hosted by James Gandolfini, not to bring the thing down, but oh. um, that's about um, PTSD all the way back to the Civil War, back when oh, wow. you know, no one understood what it was. But then all these case studies of, yeah, he came back from the Civil War and Killed his whole family, you know, and it's like we've, it's always been around, and yeah. it, it goes into that, you know, because <laughs> humans break. I think, like I think that. it even has the George Carlin clip where it talks about how it was, you know, shell shock, battle Two fatigue, yeah. you know, four syllables, uh, but we've added a hyphen. Well, that kind of stuff. Here we are. Yeah. We're we're all built with a specific perforated line right there. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so, pretty. It didn't just suddenly appear. So <laughs> see now, I I look at this scene and I go, okay, not only are we like setting this up. With uh, you know Matt Damon and and Tom Hanks doing improv, but normally when you're setting up to do an improv, you don't get to have a set that goes out to the horizon line <laughs> yeah. and guys burning and guys burning tires two and a half miles out right. to, to create big smoke clouds and everything else. So it's like you better know, right. fucking be funny, Matt. Yeah, we're going again. We're going again. Matt kind of blew the landing on that one. Matt just wasn't very good that take, so yeah. we're gonna do it again. Go ahead, Matt. Be better this time. Reset the planet. <laughs> now, regardless of the character that he was given to play, I am. We've said this many times. Um, I like Matt Damon a lot as an actor. I do too. Um, yeah, I think he's great. I think know, he's I, one of the good ones. I think was it, is it you whose theory it is that he's going to be the next Tom Hanks? Or he's the next guy that's going to have like, I, like, the big twenty year. I don't know if I originated that theory, but I would support it. Um, like he's going to be the next one that's like that. Hey, I, I think he already is that. <laughs> he kind of he's, is. He's, he's on that path. Yeah. He's on a par now. Well, he. I mean, actually, yeah, he's. He's the likable young guy who's now aging and is now, in, you know, the likable adult guy who's now in the process of branching out into, you know, playing more villainous, um, less sympathetic yeah. roles. And he'll do, you know, God bless him. We've got Elysium coming out. He'll do genre. Good for him. Yeah. He was pretty. Yeah. His nose is kind of going butt nose these days. He, he is really, really good in The Informant. I highly recommend. Oh, I saw that. He was, he, was, he was so good. And just his, cause the whole thing about the informant is, you know, he's he's spinning all of this bullshit, or the movie is spinning all of this bullshit, and you're never quite sure what's him, what's the movie, and what's actually real, and it's just a brilliant, brilliant performance nested inside a great movie. He's really making this up. That's the story. Well, yeah. he's he. It wasn't written for him. He may have thought of it before. Oh, I see. Him, but uh, so shall we hear what Goldman has to yeah, say about please. this? Yes, <laughs> the ugly tree. Let's the ugly it. tree. The ugly tree. The most damaging speech of the movie comes next. Hanks and Matt Damon are waiting for the attack. Damon says he cannot summon up his dead brother's faces, and Hanks says, "Think of something specific." Hanks, when he thinks of home, thinks of his hammock or his wife pruning the rose, wearing his gloves. The roses, and Matt Damon starts into this long. Two minutes, folks. Remembrance of the last time he and his brothers were together. A sexual escapade when one of his brothers was trying to fuck this girl. A girl who, quote, took a nosedive out of the ugly tree and hit every branch on the way down. The speech, ad-libbed by Matt Damon, is the only time we get to spend any private time with Ryan. And the speech does not exactly endear him to us. It also rips a lot of the emotional fabric of the film to pieces. I would love to know what the real script said at this point, and I wonder only this. 
How could Spielberg allow something this atrocious to happen? <laughs> now, I, like I said, but I, I agree I'm with not, you. I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm so not, so down. With if that. the if the movie had thematically been about yeah, and fuck this guy anyway, as yeah. it turns out, you know, then I think that would have worked. That would have been well. so dark. Now again, yeah. they find him. He's a fucking shithead. Yeah, like, even more than this. Well, like, this is sort of like that's the thing. It's like no, it's not even that extreme. It's like it's like he's just a guy. He's just a guy. He's just a kid. Yeah. He's, he's he doesn't have the know. cure for cancer in his head. He, yeah, you know, he's he's just. He's a, again. He's, he's a guy like you'd meet in any. He went back home town. and he had a roofing company for thirty years. That's and then he right. Hurt his back and then he couldn't work anymore and then he just hung out and then he died one day. That's now, what happened to him. Three now imagine, kids. imagine for a second that it was somebody like Steve Buscemi giving that speech. It's no. an entirely it, yeah. You would totally go, "Wow, this guy is just a just, he's just a guy. A, he's just a random guy." Yeah. yeah then he's then he's a real skis. Yeah. <laughs> it's like oh. yeah. I just watched Armageddon the other day. Steve Buscemi is so funny in that. Oh yeah. <laughs> Guys, it's time to embrace the horror. That's you would even say that here. <laughs> exactly. The Germans are coming. Guys, it's time. Shut up. Yeah. Shut up, Ryan. Okay. What did we miss? He says this all the time. Goddamn Iron Fairright. Yeah. It's Captain America here. And that's also, I forgot. Yeah. I totally forgot this was in there. Because I'm just like watching it going, God, it's so cheesy, but it's fun. Uh, and then Fickner goes, oh, no. <laughs> he's got space dementia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forgot that line. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's he's beautiful. got space dementia. Which, Has Goldman ever written about Armageddon? I want to read that. I, yeah, I don't, well, if it only was nominated for Best Picture, but um, which I don't think it was. Um, actually, it, and what's funny is there's a line that seems equally as ridiculous, but actually works perfectly, and that's the other fellow, the actor's name, I can't remember, but he's, what are you doing with a gun in space? What are you <laughs> doing with a gun in space? Which is like, which is like a perfectly okay line. It's hysterical. Yeah. hysterical. It's, a, it's a question I have, too. Yeah. It's a perfectly reasonable question. Look Brian, this, do they have six shooters on the space show? Look They do set. not have six shooters. Look at this bloody set. Yeah. Good Lord. It's massive. Seriously, you do want to Roger Corman it. Like, you want to at least like drag Julian Higgins over there yeah, and make I a hope, short film real quick or I something. Hope somebody made a YouTube video. Well, I guess it was ten years before YouTube, so that didn't happen. But ah, total waste. Uh, but um, saving speak, Private Ryan. Speaking of uh, Julian Higgins in, in World War Two movies, I yeah. did help them out a couple years ago. Uh, was shooting a little Captain America World War Two fan film. Yeah, I did the Tracers, and <laughs> and they were awesome. No, and they, I, they actually sucked. And I was a random soldier on both sides, an American and German soldier running back and forth. And you got God, to be like an army extra. Yeah, exactly. And goddamn is even just pretending this shit exhausting. <laughs> yeah. I cannot imagine the actual, the idea that any human being was capable of actually living this life. And walking across the whole continent. Yeah. Uh, but was it still kind of cool to be like like in your fatigues and everything? Oh, got, it, was, it was a gun. shit ton of fun. And only, only so because at the end of the day, we all got to go home and have a nice warm shower. Yeah. But yeah. it was a lot of fun. Did you guys have like? Did you basically become six year olds and be like, "I got you, da, 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 da. I totally got you to a degree, yeah. So, so this now, now that we're into the battle, whatever got us here, amazing. This battle yeah. sequence yeah. is awesome. It's it's like fantastic. We went ahead and skipped that mid. I mean, but part of part of it is we we skipped you know the the midpoint battle with the you know the the entrenched gun and stuff because. Having th- having three sequences like this would have yeah. just been too exhausting in yeah. this movie. Yeah, it's plenty to have, but just bookend it. Yeah. Plus, it is cool what they did with the the gun, where they're just following him as he's running into the shit and watching it happen. It's 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 an interesting reversal. Like like you were saying, it would feel really hacky if it wasn't like. Does Spielberg not think he can pull this off? No, I think he. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. It's like he doesn't have to prove to you that he can, so it makes it interesting again and not just you know bullshit because it's the unexpected thing right. to do. 
And it's it's also just a cool conceptually way of handling a thing like that. Just watch See, here someone. You go. There's there's the moment right there. What? Where <laughs> <laughs> Burns is staring Damon down. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. So this is whatever. This is, this is why I'm here. So here we are. All okay. right. Well, all right. So 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 it's fucked up. All so right. you. Yeah. Uh, you. So humanity. So us because of this because of you. Giovanni Ribisi bled a lot. Yeah. For you. You're not even that funny. <laughs> You're kind of a dick. And here comes the time. They, how did people not sprint away from these things? Like how? <laughs> yeah. How could you actually be there? And it's like, there's the tank. I could still go. I, yeah. Just well, you know, actually, one of the things is um, the Big Red One deals with that because the Big Red One, when they first landed in in uh, northern Africa, and they were up against Rommel. You know, Rommel's tank corps was like the shit. Like they're they're the the best of the best. Army it, of God. It was before Patton got into the war and finally was able to to take care of to deal with Rommel because because Rommel was unstoppable. So the 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 first engagement with uh, with Rommel in uh, in Big Red One, the, they 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 run, they break. The, the tanks are rolling at them and they just go fuck. Never and mind, they, peace. And they and they and they bail. And it was it's one of the few times, if the only time that the first infantry has has broken and retreated no. in battle or whatever historically it was. But just you know, again, Fuller Fuller was there, you know, and he just made a movie like, what would you fucking do? Yeah, no. <laughs> Look at these goddamn things. But I don't even mean something as formal as retreating. I just mean like one of the guys just like. Gets up and runs away. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't a formal retreat. They they was, just, was like, they broke. No, fuck, and, you know, they this. just they were right out of basic, and there were some tanks, and fuck it. Because that's the, when when the first guy does that, then yeah, everybody that's else the does thing. Is, that's, yeah, it's, that's, that's a rough. And and like, like you were saying, I have no tr- I, you know, I'm not gonna sit here in this. I'm literally in an armchair right now, going, "What a bunch of pussies!" You know, I'm not gonna say no, that. No, <laughs> no way, no, <laughs> no. I'm not. I'm. I was like, I would go. I wouldn't have made it through basic. What are you talking yeah. about? God help you. That's how you know the T-Rex is coming. Hold. <laughs> no. Hold. Must go faster. Mm-hmm. Do you think Spielberg yeah. gets bored of being Spielberg sometimes? I, I think his latest movies show that he does. <laughs> well, didn't he didn't he say exactly that when he's, oh, yeah, yeah, he's saying like I can fire out an action movie, yeah. it doesn't even matter. Yeah, <laughs> that, is, that is essentially what he said. And really, and really, like, because I, I know, I know, you kind of skewered him on Twitter when he said that, Mike, no. and, and rightfully so, because it's kind of a dick thing to say. But you can't, you can't watch this sequence and not go, well, the guy kind of has a point. No, you can't deny that it's that it's true. But he was, but the fact that he was like, he was like, yeah, action movies, I just, I'm just kind of bored now. And then you look at his IMDb, and he's got like four in development that he's supposed yeah. to direct, and it's like, and oh, he, oh, that's that nasty. And he said that right when Indy was about to come out, he's like, I don't even care about action movies anymore. Like, no, it was like, it was more recently than that, but, but it was still kind of like, what? Come on, <laughs> don't tell us that. Stick, sticky bomb. A stick, a sticky bomb. Bomb, sticky. I See? love this guy with his gestures. Yes. Like, what are you saying? <laughs> Pepper's, Pepper's just, you know, bad white man, white man, dancing, <laughs> dancing, dancing. Buffalo come. <laughs> this place. See, this is, Explosions yeah. do look really great with a high shutter speed, though. Yeah. Like all the little debris bits. Even though, even though, assuming that you know half of this stuff is probably you know styrofoam and 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 foam rubber and balsa wood, this is still a dangerous as fuck set to yeah. be running around on. Look at this shit. Yeah, it's amazing that like no one broke an ankle on this stairway. Yeah, yeah. I think there's kind of an assumption, maybe on the part of of people who aren't familiar with the details of film production, that go, "Yeah, this all looks terribly dangerous, but it's a movie, so you know, in real sure life, it must safe. be safe." I'm sure it's safe. Eh. No, no. They, they built that stairway this morning. You just fucking do it. 
But and, well, at the same time, there so there is the fair? there is same thing. there is sort of that aspect on film sets too, where the like at a certain point, not that I've ever been involved with something like this, but at at a certain point, everyone on there is kind of like you know, in terms of the actors and stuff, they're like, well, they wouldn't let me do it if it wasn't safe, <laughs> yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> and they just go for it, and then afterward, you're like, "Oh, dude, that we were totally because yeah, they were saying like, the set of the Twilight Zone." Yeah. Although, well, actually, uh, Vic Morrow said exactly the opposite. He was like, "This is fucked up." You realize that you know this is bullshit. What we're doing. Speaking of Steven Spielberg, yeah, yeah. So yeah, they're just rolling a tank through and blowing shit up, and a lot of these are. I mean, they're not long. What you know, there's there's it's nothing. Not, it's not Quran over here. Yeah, there's nothing quite to the they, level. They've had of some. Men, they've had some very elaborate wonders, but, but they not had long, elaborate long, long ones. ones. Yeah, yeah. they are definitely elaborate ones, just not as long. But they're still impressive. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Whatever the length may be. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, how? <laughs> I mean, fuck. Yeah. Do we have any? Um, do we have any idea how long it took them to shoot this sequence? I'll look. Look it up here. Yeah, if that says, information exists, I would not be surprised if it were at least a month. Yeah, yeah, we find making private. Now this, this, this one I can't even fathom how they did this. Look at this. Is, this is a wonder all the mm-hmm. way from okay, Molotov cocktail guy, fire, <laughs> explosion, <laughs> in I the mean, explosion. I mean, assuming so, we you know, have fire retardant suits. You see guys on fire every yeah. now and then in movies, but inside of the explosion. Yes, yeah, like that's not I've, how you do those fire yeah, gags. I'm, I've never actually seen. I've seen guys on fire. I've give, I've seen guys do fire gags. I've never seen the fire be triggered by an actual Molotov cocktail <laughs> before. Now I can even assume that the Molotov cocktail itself is fake, and the explosion is actually it's rigged triggered. on the tank. Yeah. yeah, that's fine, and that would make sense. But still, that's nuts. Now we can also <laughs> still you crazy. Yeah, still you crazy. But we can also you know maybe there's some digital trickery involved. You know that that could be. But yeah. you know even so, Jesus, this is amazing too. Kaboom. Yeah, and uh, I mean, honestly, I would be surprised because I feel like the the scale of what they're doing here, we've we're we're only really just getting to the point where it's totally plausible when you do this kind of destruction digitally. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and, and and it and, certainly was not possible fifteen yeah. years ago. <laughs> and, <laughs> Again, Ed, Bur- years Ed ago. Burns gets the snarky line. Here's one where this this is a guy whose head comes clean off here, which is lots of fun. Blort. But then there's this guy. Then all these guys are gonna get taken <laughs> out. Four, four grenades <laughs> in. Like, whoops! Wait. Oh, this was one of one of the very last films to be released on laserdisc. Thanks, IMDb. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Oh my god, that guy just exploded. Yeah, so I he's gonna explode that. again in another scene. Yeah, there's <laughs> another yeah. angle. Whoa, head come, head come clean off. He blowed up good. Yeah, I'm guessing they covered all of this from a couple different angles too. Definitely. Yeah. And these are all gags. These are all stunts that would take hours to set up. You're, I mean, there's like yeah, one three-hour setup stunt after another. Again, it's like, it's it's not it's not hard to conceive of these shots. <laughs> it's not. I mean, it's like, what if we did a shot where we're going all the way from here to there to there to there? And it's they're not hard to do in the sense that it's complicated to like, okay, well, if we're going to do that, then that means we do this. It's just you normally don't have the time and budget and luxury to do shots like that repeatedly in a sequence i mean this this movie this scene is just nothing but that this scene is nothing but that over and over again you know like like you might be able to get away with one like yeah. brian and i were brian and i worked on a project the other day where we had a crane and we were able to do two crane shots <laughs> yeah. it was awesome <laughs> <laughs> 
And what was our crane shot? Someone coming downstairs, but still. <laughs> Somebody was coming down the stairs and power walking across the lobby. That's right. And, but that... we, and we had time to take to do f- eight takes of that <laughs> before we had to move on. So, you know, so it's like, and then there wasn't a single tank involved. So I can only imagine. <laughs> What's it like to get a tank back to one? I mean, right, right there. You know, it's like, okay, great. Uh, let's take it back to one. Let's put it all back together. Let's rig the explosives again. And let's that's lunch. Yeah. Until tomorrow. Yeah. It's kind of creepy when he's doing the whole like. I know. It's like I, I again. I'm like, what? What is? What is this? Just like getting re- at re- reciting Bible passages while he's like furiously sniping people. Yeah. I mean, if he was doing it while he was stabbing someone, wouldn't that be weird? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't know. You just got to know Barry. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I mean, what he does in his personal life, I'm not going to judge. Wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? That does that does remind me of that Sam Harris quote, where he's like, "He's the president claims that God speaks to him, and no one is bothered by that. Yeah. If he claimed that God spoke to him through his hair dryer, everyone would freak out. <laughs> Why does the hair dryer make it more ridiculous?" <laughs> So, well, there's the power of prayer, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that is an interesting statement that the movie just made. <laughs> yeah, I he was it. praying about how God is his shield and then he exploded. Yeah. <laughs> and then he exploded. It's like so the the movie's saying pray to God all you want, but if you have a tank, you're probably better off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Still bring the tank. Tank v God. Yeah. Tank. <laughs> yeah, bet tank. I mean, if you're God and they're shooting at you at the tank, you might be okay. You're probably okay. <laughs> but the other stuff, uh, not so much. What do you cut out of this movie? Um, the unfortunately, it's not. Yeah, it's not a matter of cutting because I mean everything is fine. Uh, well, you, not, cut, you, cut, you cut the general. You cut the generals. Blah blah yeah. blah. Sure. Yeah. The old you cut all thing. that. You cut all that because I I literally think everything that's already covered in when Hanks gets his mission and explains it, I think it's covered. Um. Or maybe just cut it down enough to make sure it's clear. But uh, boy, definitely cut it down and don't read letters from Lincoln and whatever else the hell goes on there. This is like, oh, hello. <laughs> yeah, no, get out of here. Good reflexes, though. Yeah. yeah. I go, hey, that looks like a pipe bomb. <laughs> it's, guys, it's crazy. this thing looks like a pipe bomb. It's, pre- it's freaky. Wouldn't it be crazy if it was a pu- <laughs> I do. I do also like the, uh, you know, it, being in a situation like this. He he doesn't like freak out. He's just like whatever. Get come on. <laughs> he yeah. just tosses get, it back out. Get it away, man. Jeremy Davies is so. I think you really do need a character like this in any good war movie along these lines. You need you need the one sort of ineffectual pussy who's just like worried the entire time and freaking out because I think that's the only thing that the audience will actually like relate to. Well, you need you need you need somebody. someone who's like I'm just gonna hide because help me. You need somebody to play the sane man in terms in the face of the absurdity of of all of this. Which he's been the ridiculous. whole time. Yeah, he's, the whole time he's like, we all realize this is retarded, right? And we let's. How about we just don't? Yeah, I mean, war is about the the complete breakdown of civilization and civilized humanity in order to ostensibly save and preserve civilization. But in order to highlight that absurdity, you need to have somebody who is still civilized to come in and go, this shit is fucked up. To, to retain their civilization. Or this is also, um, by the way, we're in another one or here with uh, yeah. with looking guys out the window and then pyro gagging the wall and then the blood effect. How long a reset is this? Yeah. <laughs> to clean that, up that blood. Yeah, that's that a good blood point. that blood on that wood floor. And on to him. That's, that's the yeah, winner. That's why I didn't have a line. They're like, just yeah, stare don't, at it. Yeah, don't say nothing. 
<laughs> Don't fuck this up. Okay, and this one, and this scene is like especially. This just indicates like this. How fucking messed up is this fight <laughs> scene? Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston. <laughs> so oh. that guy's. Those are the. That's uh, SS insignia, isn't it? Uh, they might not, be SS. I, I haven't seen it. Haven't oh, I love yet. them. Their new album was kind of weird, though. Yeah. <laughs> the SS Insignia? No, they might be SS. <laughs> oh, they, they might be <laughs> SS. <laughs> Jude and Ban. Jude and Ban. <laughs> Jude and Ban hate Gypsy Man. That's a hell of a gun tractor. Yeah. Nothing, that, that looks like something that's at Fry's. It does. <laughs> that'd, be a, that'd be a display at Fry's. Yeah, for the for the World War Two themed fries, that one definitely. Yeah, <laughs> We've yeah. always thought that place. Yeah, it is kind of tacky. Yeah, see, it's the the SS insignia is the like two silver. Yeah, lightning it's, bolts. it's the oh, lightning okay. bolts. Yeah. They're like S's. Yeah. So these that's, guys that's are the, Nazis. That's, that's the Kiss logo. <laughs> well, they, now you know why everyone was so upset. They did mention that. I mean, in the early scene, the. Early scene with uh, when Hanks is talking to uh, the commanding officer when he gets the mission when he's talking about the mines and everything else he talks about there was you know he he dealt with an SS group that came through so okay so there are SS military groups yeah yeah um, especially in, but just know. we were saying earlier that we weren't sure if there are any uh, actual Nazis in this movie yeah so okay so we have some Nazis so these guys it's cool to totally kill and and stuff that's 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 so there's that's, no moral ambiguity here <laughs> that's right these are bad yeah. guys yeah. This is all apple pie this in America. Like, oh, There's nothing horrifying or gross no, about this. No, this, this is perfectly this cool. Man. Oh, yeah. wait. Maybe it's not. <laughs> maybe it's still kind of fucked wait up. A maybe second. it's still kind of messy. And Okay. Up. Now you just have to start praying because then it makes it. <laughs> yeah. that's a... No, he's a Jew. See, it doesn't work. Oh. Right? <laughs> oh. oh, God. Off of... I... Yeah. This is one of those moments in movie in cinema history where it doesn't matter how it's many when, times I've seen Adam it. It's when Adam Goldberg's in there getting killed and the other guy yeah. is just waiting. Yeah. Uh, it's the it's the knife fight and Oppum is trying to bring himself to to face, you know, to come up in, in time to save him. And, <laughs> and it, also, does, it, does, it doesn't matter how many times I watch the sequence every time I'm like, maybe this time he will. Please yeah. this time yeah. do it differently. And also just, yeah, the, the stabbing of it's just like, you know, just... It's 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 slow, which is just yeah. awful, and 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 the fact that you know even as he's in the fight, he's just going, no, no, wait, listen, listen, wait, wait hold listen, on, hold I just on. thought of something. Don't, wait, no, wait, no, wait. because you know, just, <laughs> what if we? I just had an idea. Yeah. What if we don't? Because it's like, How what about else? We not? What else would you do? Yeah. You know, so, it is. Although the the uh, the under the floor gag there <laughs> is not as successful. Yeah, as it it's it's, a, with. it's something a little off about it. This, I do enjoy that. Yeah, this, both like oh, again, it's like then. it's just all falling to shit. Yeah, like, you know, and that's I've heard this. You know, I haven't had the experience, but you know, it's like the first shock of being hit is like you're you're pissed. You're like, oh, this is gonna oh, it's gonna ruin my whole day now. <laughs> oh, god damn it! You don't know what you just did. Yeah, now I'm mad. Oh, this pitiful man. They both know what's up in that moment. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, that is exactly. just so heavy. Just so like, yeah, right. oh. I'll catch you later. And he just like yeah. walks on by like, yeah, the you're, moment, not, you're not going to do anything. Yeah, the moment where it's like, I'm not even yeah. worried you're about you. You're my enemy, and I still think you're a piece of shit. Like <laughs> yeah, on, on, a, right. on a human level, I think you're a piece of shit. I'm not even going to worry about you. 
That would fuck me up for the rest of my life. Yeah. Exactly. Now, see, again, and, and that, again, that's from, that feels like that's from that one draft. Yeah. yeah. But we're going to redeem Upham yeah. at the same time that we're going to, you know, show that, oh, it's all, you know, everything makes sense after all. You know, and we can. I won't. I won't use Goldman's words because mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll read them shortly. But uh, his assessment of of the of the wrap up of all this. But but um, you know, again, most of this scene is thematically right on track. Of like, this is just a big, you know, shitstorm. <laughs> this is just nuts. You know, it's all about if you can just get through this. That guy is definitely an SS officer. There. Yeah, he's got the black outfit on. He's straight from Indiana Jones. That yeah. guy. <laughs> he hates those guys. <laughs> there's a desperation move yeah mortars as grenades <laughs> yeah just arm all them right throw them throw them fast yeah. that's all it seems like involving the handoff as part of that procedure is not yeah. such a great <laughs> yeah. idea just throw it yourself just, really just throw it yourself Toss me one of those live mortars. <laughs> so wait, how do mortars work? So is it like, is what they're doing simulating that it got shot out of a thing and the mortars? When you when you drop it into that tube, it hitting the bottom of the tube is what triggers it. Oh, I see. Yeah, it arms it and then it's it yeah. blows up on impact. Oh my god! Yeah, Jesus, look at this shit. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. What if one of those guys trips tripped and stumbles? Yeah, I mean, there was that was on a telephoto, so yeah. it wasn't as close as it seems, but still, fair enough. They were in this. They were within a football field of a tank <laughs> going over a hill like yeah. that. That's close enough for me. <laughs> Actually, this is the same thing Jeremy Davies did in Twister. <laughs> That's true. I've done this scene already. You're not Helen Hunt. Do you think that bothers uh, him at all? That like, he plays that role. We need we need somebody. We need who's someone kind of weasel. We need someone to just fucking just, like, snivel in a corner at yeah. the, the first sign of any kind of trouble to just completely <laughs> break down and lose his shit. Well, I am yeah. your man. I am. So, have you seen my twister reel? Yeah. Here's exactly. Here's my reel. Well, it's like Mike's thing about how like when they're casting for like the Dursleys. Yeah. yeah. We need like someone that's like just fucking just horrible fat and fat and awful and just yeah. yeah. Oh, that uh, dude. You bet t- someone calling up his agent, you better fucking get me that role. <laughs> yeah, really. I haven't been fat and ugly my whole life not to get that role. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also love it's a great moment that we just passed. Uh, what you often get in war movies, much like zombie movies, is regardless of the improbability of it, everybody instantly turns into the best shot in the world. Yes. No. And every shot. Lands its mark, so every bazooka manages to blow up the tank on the first try. Then <laughs> he totally pasted the tank, and the tank went what? what? Yeah, and that's that's how it works. Sometimes yeah. you hit it in the right spot, and sometimes you don't. Those tanks are just amazing. Just this whole thing. Look at this. Well, well, no, 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 but I mean, like shot into the water is a water water no. gag. Even like Jesus, more squibs. Oh, he's caught on the bar- no. That's, that's the wire. Army wire. It did look like he was caught on barbed wire yeah. for a second. How much was the budget? Uh, Do we know? I, nice, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, forty bucks. Yeah, probably not as. Oh. But, but by today's standards, you know, we, it was all of eighty million or something like that. Yeah, probably not not as high as we would think. Now you seventy million. Yeah, you couldn't make yeah, this movie okay. for less than two forty now. I don't know two forty. No movie should cost two forty. Yeah, 
Well, the new Terminator's going to, so. Well, <laughs> we've talked about that. Yeah. There's just no reason for it to cost 240 Yeah. By the way, I, my, I, are you still my hearing headphones me? have gone out. Yeah, yeah, all the headphones have gone out, so I assume we're still broadcasting. Uh, yeah, mine are fine. I still have them. Oh, all right. I, oh, I, oh, well, then fuck us. There yeah. we are. Listen, Trey, it's war. Sometimes you That's right. Yeah. Just deal with it. Roll with it. There's no rhyme or reason. That's right. Well, sometimes there's a rhyme. <laughs> it rhymes. It rhymes. Like I'm just shitting on him. Just like, whatever he says, it's like, oh, it's like my I, name is I George. Get, my name is George. I get no problem with the quote or the, oh, no, it's or just, the concept. It's just, it's just that he's he's defending a piece of shit with that line. Yeah, I know. It's just, it's, he's it's he's misunderstanding. <laughs> okay, so here, we're here we about are. To, <clears throat> there it is. We're about to get to Goldman really just losing it. <laughs> and the, the the double printing even. But yeah. I, I've never liked it. I've never liked double printing, whether yeah. it's done. I mean, I at least I understand it when you go, God, I really need to get this in slow-mo or that scene was just, it was all too fast to understand what was happening. Um, this isn't actually slow-mo. It's step printing, like you said. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's the opposite. Basically, this is the opposite of the combat cam. This is extremely long shutter speed, so everything is slow and blurry and it's undercranked. But um, I've never liked the, the faux... You and know, that shot of Matt Damon just freaking out. Yeah, which again, I like. Yeah, I like. It's like, just so it's out like, of place. We, we're all dying because of that pussy. Look at this. Yeah. Awesome. And he's dead. Oh. Sweet. This is all going so well. <laughs> <laughs> From a certain point of view. Yeah, this is really working out the way I was hoping. <laughs> Meanwhile, Ed Burns is just like getting it done. See, Ed Burns deserves to live. He, he's the one who's just like, he didn't make any bad calls. He just kept on plugging. And he's only—he's the only one who is going to live. So good for him, 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 and fucking Ryan. So they're—they're they're literally the only two besides Upham, and it's obviously yeah. not Upham. They're literally the only two that could be at the cemetery. Okay, so here's our bro from earlier. Yeah, and this is what really, uh, in a in a section marked the shooting of Tom Hanks. Yeah. in in Goldman's thing. So here's what he has to say: A bunch of Germans come running toward camera. They get into prone <laughs> position, start to fire. We are drawn toward one particular German bad guy who is currently on the screen. Want to know why? He's the only one without a helmet. And gasp, we realize he is that very same Nazi, spelled N-O-D-Z-I, <laughs> who Hanks let, let live in the earlier sequence. Spielberg has just discovered irony. <laughs> and shock of shocks, he is the very one who plugs poor Tom. Now, of course, this is manipulation to the nth power, but that's okay. Lots of movies do that, but it is not okay here. And why? Because it gives the lie to the great part of the film. That wonderful 24-minute sequence, what did that tell us about war? That it is awful, yes, of course that. But it also told us this, war is nonsensical, illogical, totally beyond human comprehension. But here it is all totally understandable. Let a bad guy go, guess what? He will return relentless and helmetless to kill you. And hang around conveniently so the cowardly lion of the flick, the translator, can become a man by killing the very man who shot his captain. In order for this sequence to be in balance with the entire film, that opening battle sequence would have to be altered so that it was about John Wayne fighting his way to glory and saving all his raw recruits around him. Then this bullshit with the German soldier is in keeping with the film. But it doesn't fucking matter who kills Tom Hanks. His death is what matters. His death is the tragedy. And then the death of Tom Hanks, which you just come to. And here we are. Hanks is dying. Ed Burns runs for a medic. <laughs> You're narrating the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. that's awesome. By the way, you see the uh, invasion stripes I was talking about on the yeah, those, those are over. Okay. 
Matt Damon is alone with Hanks, or will be very soon. Yeah, here's here's our cowardly lion about to just here's the moment. gun everyone down. And of course, the the he's the, been the one who's like, you can't do it. It's fucked up. Yeah. They they surrendered and blah blah blah. Exactly. And, gonna and I would you know, and again, everybody. I would say I would even roll with this. Yeah. If he didn't shoot him, if he just went, yeah, it's all fucked up. Anyway, March. Yeah. You know, but this was such in the theater. Everyone went, yay, and it made me go, yep, that's our fucking country in a nutshell. Yeah. 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 Um, he was he was wrong for letting him go in the first place. That's you know, right. Now you learned your lesson, he... though. Don't ever let him go. Yeah. Don't ever show mercy. Now you've been a man. Um, yeah. Keep going. Matt Damon is alone with Hanks. And do you know what? Hey, Hanks... you're getting ahead of us here. No, I was kidding. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Keep going. <laughs> and do you know what Hanks' last words were? Yeah, I love this part. Of course you don't. <laughs> no one does. Not the first time they see the movie, because not only are they whispered so softly, they have never before been spoken on this or any planet. Earn this. Earn it. Those are the words. I have zero idea what it can possibly mean. My only explanation is this. Spielberg was up half the night before reading Philosophy for Dummies, and he wanted to inject that nugget into his flick. Zing! Yeah, and then we'll wait it's for the weird. translation. I don't know if Goldman's ever part. written for Spielberg. <laughs> I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think no. it's going to happen now. In fact, I, I think he specifically says he's, uh, a little bit later, he says he's never met Spielberg. Yeah. William Goldman is just like me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're basically the same at that point. Yeah, here comes the... We're almost he, there. He's going to run for the medic, and he's going to do that, and then I can get into the last segment. <laughs> here we mm. go. Earn this. Yeah. Or no, there's two more segments. There's Ed Burns at the cemetery. Yes, exactly. And there's the ending. Boop. Also, that random line, they're tank busters, sir, P-51s, as if it really matters. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a significant you want to show, advantage. You want, well, to show no, that you, you want to show that you cracked a book when you were writing your script. Yeah. That's it. That's exactly what it is. It's an, it's a completely unnecessary and out of left field, as you know. Of course, the captain is going to know what the fucking airplanes are. <laughs> so, I, I would have gone, I would have been much happier. Hanks pulls him in close and whispers in his ear, you're a douche. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Instead of earn this. Fuck this. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> you weren't worth it. Yeah. Which, of course, I mean, obviously Goldman is a smart guy, so he does understand what they're trying to say there, which is exactly make yourself worth all of this. Yeah, but, exactly. But then at the same time, it's like, well, this really, I mean... This was war. It's not like the fucking Germans were coming to take Private Ryan away yeah. and they were saving him. Like they were going <laughs> yeah. to try and take this bridge either way. Yeah, he was the so, secret to the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. They have so, Ryan? We must take this Ryan. bridge. We must have the Ryan. Schnell? So, yeah. Poor Ed Burns is like, fuck everybody? Yeah. Jesus. Just me left? It yeah. really is. Like, it really does want it to be Edward it Burns. It so wants it to be Ed Burns. And if, like, it, if, like you literally could have just, at this moment, the movie could have been different. Go ahead and yeah. read the Ed Burns And section. here we go, yeah. yeah. Ed Burns at the cemetery. Hanks is dead. The awful, pretentious voice of the actor playing General Marshall <laughs> is treacling away. We hear old Honest Abe's letter again, and I'm now waiting for the shot of Ed Burns with the big boob girls back at the cemetery. <laughs> Why do I know that is coming? Well, only two members of the squad are left, Burns and the cowardly translator. And I know it can't be him because he was not with Hanks and the squad during the 24 minutes of glory at the start of the film. So it has to be Burns standing there among the graves. Now the morphing shot comes, and I'm looking at the old face of Matt Damon at the cemetery. 
Well, you can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you see? He wasn't fucking there. He knew nothing of the attack on the beach, knew nothing of the odyssey that followed, and he never had a chance to hear about it. The only spare moment he had was when he was telling us all about his brothers and the ugly girl and setting the barn on fire. When he was great, and he was great, Spielberg was a phenomenal storyteller. All gone. (laughs) That, or he doesn't care. How's about Spielberg's version of Moby Dick? Call me Ishmael. I'm going to tell you a story of this ship and this one-legged captain and this whale. Actually, I don't know if the guy was one-legged. Never saw him, never saw the ship, never saw the whale, never talked to anybody who saw anything. Who better than I to tell you what happened? The other disgrace of this storytelling is this. There is no pregnant moment to the story. I'm not going all intellectual. Yeah, this, 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 I have to say that this next piece of advice, I've, I've used this piece of advice over and over again. I've quoted to people about their scripts and their stories when they've asked me about it. The concept of the pregnant moment is really, take this one to heart, because this, is, I think, is a really solid, this, this is a year of film school in one yeah. paragraph coming up. I'm not going all intellectual on you. Remember, the zipper scene and Matt Dillon trying to electrocute the dog back to life were my happiest moments this year in a theater. Talking about something about about Mary, Mary, which he loved. He thought thought that was awesome. But all stories do and must have them. They are the reason the story is being told. The pregnant moment of Shakespeare in Love is this. Will has a block. We do not tell of Joe and Gwyneth after he's written King Lear. The whole point is the guy can't write anything. Armageddon happens when it happens because the meteor is on its way. There is absolutely no reason for this story being told now since Matt has no specific reason for visiting the cemetery. Didn't have to be phony. Say it was Ed Burns. Who has the flashback legitimately? (laughs) Say he had a reason for coming. Pick anyone you want. Try this. Ryan has just done something splendid. Orion has just died but had a good life. Remember that little shit you died for, Burns might say. Guess what? He turned out okay. Not worth your dying, Captain, but at least it's something. Thought you'd like to know. The ending <laughs> is the next bit. And here it is. Yeah, I might as well go, go Do with it. it. <laughs> just when you think Spielberg has stooped as low as even he can, new thresholds are reached. Four agonizing minutes of pretentious syrup, climaxing when Matt, right happening right now, when Matt asks his wife, has he been a good man? What is she going to answer? <laughs> Her husband is clearly having a breakdown. She he, says... He doesn't even ask. He, he literally says, tell, tell me, me I was a good yeah. man. If she's been married to him this long, she knows... No. Do it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Better say he's a good man. She says yes, and Matt, wait for it. We'll wait for it. And here it comes. Here it is. Here it comes. Wait. Hold. (laughs) Nice pullback. And. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he did. Change stance there. He salutes. He salutes. Then old glory returns, waving at us for half a minute. I guess reminding us that God and Steven Spielberg are on the same side. Medicinal level A. Oh, well, that's the other because he, he opens that thing about medicinal movies. So oh, right. They're not good movies, but they're good for you. <laughs> Can't get much higher. Patriotism and the flag and easy answers galore. Phony and manipulative, all in the sense of country. What to say about Spielberg at this stage of his career? <laughs> he will win his second Oscar for this work and probably a third when he finds another important subject to hide behind. <laughs> oh, yeah. Religious- did, he, did he win for uh, Lincoln? <laughs> No, he didn't. I don't think so. No? Religious persecution, racial injustice, patriotism. I have never met him, (laughs) never been in a room with him, 
But no person can come so far in such a killingly competitive business without having a reservoir of anger and rage and darkness hiding in there somewhere. I just wish he would let it show. Yeah. Wow. There is no reason for him to do anything else than what he's been doing. The movies are wildly successful at the box office. The critics bow. And if he had directed Bambi, guess what? Bambi's mother would never have died. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. It is what it is. I mean, it's the, the parts of it that are amazing really are amazing. And it's the sort of movie that's really great to watch for like a scene. Like if you if you wanted to... There's a there's a level of putting yourself through your own paces as a film watcher by like, I want to watch all of Saving Private Ryan right now. There's a slightly lower <laughs> level where it's like, I really need to see that Normandy invasion scene again. That was fantastic. Yeah. So you'll watch like the 24-minute invasion or something like that. And all of those little chunks are fucking outstanding. But it's not a movie I revisit that often. It's long. Um, and the more I learn about what William Goldman thinks of it, the, the more it's like um i feel bad i'm the carrier for the william yeah. goldman making you hate private ryan virus <laughs> trey tested positive for goldman yeah. uh but it's you know obviously it's where it's great it's great and where it's not it's not and it's a hell of an accomplishment and it's a, an amazing thing to see on a screen brian yeah what can i possibly say it's <laughs> a top it and make an epilogue on what goldman says yeah i mean everything we've said it's it's worth watching certain scenes. Certainly the the Normandy uh, landing and the uh, the big end the, fight. The big end fight certainly um, are worth just to figure out how to shoot a battle scene. And you know what? Yeah, maybe it doesn't make sense to have a high shutter speed at you know the battle of Roman you know whatever <laughs> the Romans versus the Gauls. The Romans versus the Gauls. <laughs> but fuck it, it's, it's it a looks- great it's a great look, and it's better better to shoot it that way than to do it in a bad way. Hey, Philly. <laughs> Better to do it that way than, you know, bad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mike? Uh, yeah, I think Billy brought it home. I, uh, <laughs> Billy stuck the landing on that yeah. one. Um, th- there's really not much else to say. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's exactly it. It's like, as someone interested in making films, this has a lot of value because there's a lot of great stuff in here. It's really instructive. Yeah. <laughs> Positive and negative. Um, yeah. Certainly in terms of, uh, on a, in terms of technique of shooting, you know, and, and, and constructing scenes and stuff like that. Uh, but as a movie that, as I said at the beginning, as a movie that you sit down and watch and go, that is a damn fine movie that I'm going to spend through, you know, two and a half hours with. I uh, I don't believe I've ever done it except in the service of this podcast. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at. Mike with it. talked valiantly beyond the Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Anyway, Trey. In years from now, we'll visit his grave and say it was a good podcast. Mike. <laughs> Mike. You earned it. <laughs> you earned it. You can go earned. home now, Mike. <laughs> you, were, you were a good man. Earned this. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like I said, when the, when the I saw I saw the movie when it came out, and I was like, yeah, oh, I was really, you know, everyone was like, this is my as the as the first line of the essay. The bullshit started early on this one. <laughs> it's a it's it's one of those movies that's like critic proof to some to some people. It's like, right. what do you hate America? No. If you don't like, you know, if you have quibbles with Saving Private Ryan, and 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 to be perfectly fair, you know, I didn't, I didn't. It's not like <laughs> I read, I read Goldman's essay and said, yes, that's exactly what I thought. Right. You know, I, he, he opened my eyes. Yeah, you to, went, oh damn. Yeah. No, he opened my <laughs> eyes to like, oh wow, that. It's like as soon as I read it, I was like, yeah, that does make a lot of sense. Now again, granted, this was ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety eight. I was still 
more or less in my in my brain, I was a visual effects artist and not nearly so much a writer and director at that point. So I wasn't really thinking much about screenwriting and stories and, and directing and things like that. Right. So so, uh, you know, now I'm and, you know, God help us with the after years of doing this podcast, you know, now I'm all about like, OK, just immediately get it on the table and crack yeah, it yeah. open and, and start get looking rib, at it. Get the rib spreader. So and, and probably and probably, you know, Goldman's essays in premiere for those those first those several years right around the the late 90s that I would make sure I would always get premier magazine when the oscar issue came out because that meant goldman was going to have an essay and it was going to be awesome um <clears throat> the you know the year probably the year prior would have been the year where he famously defended titanic and said no you guys shut the fuck up titanic is great right. shut up Shut up. Um, in which he said, um, again, one of the most, one of the more pithy things is like anyone who says it's just the hype, it's just hype. That's why people are seeing it. It's like he says, you don't get to be the biggest movie of all time on hype, right? Because then every movie would be the biggest movie of all time because they, you know, name a movie they they, they don't hype. So so it was like he said, no, we have to actually admit that Titanic is good. And then this, and this, and this essay, we have to actually face the fact that Ryan is not that great in terms of the story. Um, so it was really eye-opening to me, and I hope, I hope uh, we haven't, uh, you know, offended anyone, and and we don't hate America by <laughs> uh, by agreeing with uh, Goldman that there are some story flaws. Um, Join us next week when we shit on Citizen Kane. <laughs> yeah, really, not so great, is it? Ah, Orson um, Welles thinks he's so but smart. But yeah, there's, uh, you know, I I I don't uh, you know regularly like get in a mood to watch Private Ryan either, but. You know, like we did here, it's like there's not other than I other than them having that long nighttime. Everybody gets a, a monologue in the church is the scene that I will invariably skip. Like, yeah, all right, let's get past that. But pretty much everything else, if it's on or it's on TV or what, you know, oh, you know, I'll just kind of get hooked and you know, I'll I'll roll with it because other than that, it it flows one into the next scene pretty amazingly, and it's a it's a amazing piece of filmmaking across. Even Spielberg's the board. bad movies are good. Exactly, it's like if all movies were this bad. <laughs> that yeah, would be fine. Yeah, that's that all right. Fine. I could, I could, I could stand to live with it. Anyway, this has been what are you doing movie? Uh, go. Okay, wait. What do I say? This has been what are you doing movie? You can always get more episodes. We're on iTunes. What happened to my brain? Friendsinyourhead.com. It's been a long go to the, movie. Go to the forum. Wow. Involve yourself in the conversation. Great conversations. People get in there and it's fun. We talk about stuff and all this sort of thing. Uh, Twitter.com slash friendsinyourhead. Facebook friends in your head and friendsinyourhead at gmail.com. Um, Let's see. That fade of beta. No? Holden Hill. Design and maintain the website. Uh, and until next week, PayPal my name button. is... Huh? PayPal. We're not asking. We're just saying. I don't know where the hell I am. My name is T. Christie. <laughs> this is goes to show that podcasts are insane and there's no rhyme or reason <laughs> to any of it. Trey Stokes and thank you, William Goldman. Yep. Yeah. And this has been What Are You Doing Movie? Yeah, it was, it was him too, really. Yeah. Good, night, good night. Yeah, he was the fifth panelist. He's our Elijah. <laughs> <laughs> Our spiritual advisor. We, we set a microphone up for William <laughs> Goldman. A, we always have someday a fifth, he'll someday he'll appear. There's always a fifth microphone for William Goldman. Friendsinyourhead.com.